Hello everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to the Kill Connor Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, James, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. As always, how's it going, mate? Not too bad, it's going pretty good. And today, we're joined by a very special guest, Center Strain, or Chris. How's it going? It's going pretty good, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty uh, very, good. Very well. James, you don't You're very well. well. What's going do on? Do I not? Do I not? I'm fine. You just sound... You just sound like down. <laughs> well, like sad. I sound sad. You just you just sound like a Debbie Downer. You think so? I'll try my best not to. I'm not sure what's up there. Maybe I am. Maybe I don't know. It's just one of those I mean, days, huh? I mean, I feel all right. I don't know. Like now, you've told me I feel sad. Now I actually am kind of sad. So I don't know. Did you do your it's... ritual of waking up every morning, looking in the mirror, and going, "I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it." <laughs> People like me. I made sure that's every every it's, morning. Yeah, it's more like the opposite of that. He's just like you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Gosh darn, nobody likes you. And he does it not in the morning, but in the afternoon when he wakes up at three p.m. So <laughs> living the life. That's the dream. Uh, that's the one. standard James ritual. If I know James, that's what I think's going on. That's yeah, that's probably eighty-five, maybe ninety percent accurate. Yeah, sure. All right, so. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Kilconnor Club podcast, which is powered thanks to the great people over at patreon.com slash as always. So we'll start off to thank some of those amazing patrons that are supporting us and the podcast. So first of all, I'd like to thank Ben or Moderox. We have Victor, who has joined us over on Patreon. Thanks, Victor. We have Kizek, Josh Devlier, Zeno Rio, Damien, Mario5380, Lumistrad. We have big old George or long-eared fox. We have Yazen. Joshua Mora, Gene, Marcus Blackburn, The Humble Worm, Nimbus, Seth, Tom Cunningham, Oscar, Rav J, Zach Neely, Son of a Bitch, Oji Dogger, You Motherfucker, Tyler Tranter, Brendan, what a Big name. Overlord, wow. <laughs> and, Pink, <laughs> and Pink Flame 313. Thanks, your sweet vintage lads, for supporting us. Yeah. Well, it was just OG Adogo, but every time I had to pronounce it, I didn't know how to say it properly. So I kept saying, you son of a bitch, every time I did it. So he changed his name to what I was saying. <laughs> I love him. Which He's is great. great. Which is great. All right. So, Chris, why yes, don't you sir. tell the people who may not know you just a little bit about yourself, uh, your YouTube channel, and what you do? Oh, man, that's 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 a long story there. Uh, well, We've got plenty um, of time. <laughs> My name is, uh, or my channel name is CenterStrain01. Um, I'm from the United States. Uh, let's see, where, where do I begin? Well, uh, I do um, walkthroughs of video games on YouTube, uh, where I pretty much try to help people learn how to beat games on the hardest difficulty settings. Uh, you know, like real guides, not like you know, stumble throughs or things like that but like actual real real guides uh i started my channel this channel back in 2010 um i actually started in this business via the game rock band which uh came out what was that back in 07 i think um i raced up to the leaderboards because uh in my real life i am a drummer for the united states army that's what i do for a living is i'm a drummer in the u.s army rock band okay and uh got to, got to number one for a long period of time in the game Rock Band, and uh, that's how I got into the business because uh, with uh, Harmonix, they saw me, and then they, uh, they got in contact with me way back when, and then I was spo been sponsored by them and all that stuff and did all that. 
Uh, but Can also I say being that's the, the most rock and roll shit I've ever heard. I was a, I'm a drummer <laughs> in the military. That's the most rock and roll shit I've ever heard. Yeah, it's. I just imagine cool. you in the middle of like Afghanistan, like playing like Metallica or something, like in uh, the desert. That's that's a true story. <laughs> I've been to Afghanistan and I we we did Metallica. We did. Oh, I really really enjoyed uh, playing over there because um, when you're when you're actually playing in Afghanistan and you're playing for other soldiers and other people, there's like. Um, a feeling that you just don't get in America, right? Because these people are listening to this music and all they're thinking about is just rocking, you know? Uh, yeah, they're not yeah. thinking about anything else but just feeling the music because they're so far away from home. So, like, the crowd just gets really, really, really involved. And I'm more of a hard rock kind of a drummer. You know, I like to play Metallica, obviously, Avenged Sevenfold, Dream Theater, Tesseract. I mean, I'm, I'm more of that uh, hardcore drummer, uh, double bass, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, and I, I've done that now. Uh, well, I was, a, I was a cop for the first four years in the Army, and then I've been in the Army now um, 16 years. I just hit 16 years, uh, and I just got out of active duty last year so that I can do YouTube full-time, and now that I do YouTube full-time, um, I do Army part-time, so I kind of did the little switch trying to make the dream you know, become a reality. Hmm. Well. Wow. Cool. That's that's an amazing fucking story. That's awesome. <clears throat> uh, so you're saying you switching to YouTube full time. How did that kind of come about? How did you build that audience and in turn be able to do like you said you do and try to live that dream? Uh, well, you know, building building an audience is not something that just happens overnight for most people. So um, it took obviously a long time. Like I said, when I started the 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 channel like even before this channel that i have now it was all about rock band doing rock videos and stuff like that but then with all copyright back when youtube was still getting started channels were getting deleted left and right because of music and that's when the copyright stuff started really happening so i had to stop literally playing rock band and then i said well you know i'm um there's like i'm really good at one thing in video games and that's mainly like stealth and uh, tacticalness just because that's just kind of how my mind works. And uh, I'm, I'm blind in my right eye, so I only see out of one eye. So that's made me kind of sit back and um, like like games that make you think and that don't you just run and gun, you know? I, I, I like run and gunning. I, I like Call of Duty games and stuff like that for fun. Uh, but uh, I, I never can be really good at them because I'm always that person who sees someone just a little bit too late because when you only see out of one eye, your reflexes just aren't there. So I've I've kind of adapted uh, stealth as like kind of my main my main thing as I can see. Was that an army time. injury? The no, um, it's something I was just born with. Um, okay. Yeah, and I I've had surgeries throughout you know my life, but uh, it it's, I just can't see out of my right eye. So I've just learned to kind of, you know, see things with my left eye and, and do what I can. Um, and it's I've loved every every minute of it. My job for the army and then doing YouTube. So I started doing walkthroughs and then slowly built an audience but then I deployed for a year and then I couldn't uh, I lost a lot of people so then I had to rebuild all over again when I got back and I've been doing that ever since and now we've got I just passed 250,000 subscribers so it's been a it's been a long journey but my channel is more like a niche channel um, you know I refuse to change I refuse to be that kind of person that just tries to stumble through games I always try to be the person that it wants to like I always have two main goals when it comes to making videos is to help the audience make a choice whether or not a specific game is going to be right for them. 
if they're going to want to actually, you know, play it and to uh, hopefully help you if you're getting stuck in a certain situation, be able to get out of that situation. That's always like my two main goals when it comes to, uh, you know, showing videos and stuff like that. So channel's been growing. We've been doing, you know, what we can. And uh, I've just been enjoying and, and always remembering that it can go at any second. So I just uh, enjoy it while it, while it lasts, you know. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great point. So you've, <laughs> over the last year, I'm, well, I'm not actually sure, been in contact with Ubisoft, right? Is this, the, is this a game, Assassin's Creed Origins, the first Assassin's Creed game you've been like in contact and communication with Ubisoft and they've invited you out to these events? No, I have been um, affiliated with Ubisoft since, I want to say, 2013 was when I first got on board with them. Um, as far as events go, uh, my first event that I actually went to was Assassin's Creed Chronicles China in oh, I'm sorry. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I loved it. I love those kind of things, like kind of Mark of the Ninja type of stealth stuff. You know, that actually, like I beat the whole game on Shadow Gold. You know, it was it was great. And, and if you look on YouTube, I mean, my videos are the first ones up there when it comes to the, the walkthroughs for it. I really, really enjoy that. But when it comes to contact, you know, um, I guess you could say uh, Far Cry... Uh, Three or four was one of my first, um, like, kind of when they first contacted me, around somewhere around in there. But I've played pretty much um, – I've been to Assassin's Creed uh, Chronicles event. Um, then I went to Assassin's Creed, obviously, uh, Syndicate. And then now I've played just a, a, a crap load of Assassin's Creed Origins. And so then I've done every other, uh, every other Ubisoft game that's come out since then, and I've been to all of their events and stuff like that. They're very, very generous. Uh, they treat the influencers very, very well because they know that essentially what we are is free PR. So mm -hmm. um, we're able to spread the word of games and spread the word of their games and stuff like that, and they've, they've, they've treated me with the utmost respect um, and stuff like that. So I've, I've been very blessed. So, what are your thoughts overall then on on the franchise? Because I mean, I'm not sure if you've ever you know heard this podcast podcast or James and I talk about it, but we have you know um, very specific, I guess, opinions of it. I mean, you can probably tell from the name that there's one particular game at the very least we're not the biggest fans of. Um, huh. I, 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 it's Arno, right? It's got to be Arno. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I, I got a yeah, I got a really funny thing here recently. Um, the uh, the 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 voice artist who's playing uh, Bayek, he contacted me on Twitter, and uh, he was telling me how he um, he's enjoyed the videos that I've put out and stuff like that. And I was talking to him about how like uh, because there's some stuff that I've got to see behind the scenes that obviously I can't talk about, but really really show um, how like they're treating Bayek's character in more of a uh, spiritual way, uh, like they treated Ezio's character, where it's like a story. You know, where it starts from the from the beginning. It's not like uh, you got that same thing from Connor, obviously, but you just didn't feel there was the only connection you felt with Connor was because you played over half the game as his father, you know. But once Connor yeah. came around, it just took way too long to like kind of get into him as a character. And he just didn't bring any magic. Not that the voice actor did a bad job. I just think that the writing wasn't um, necessarily like there. Like they could have yeah, they, they made agree. the writing a little bit better to really make you feel for that character and all the things that he was going through. Uh, but from what I've played and, and what I've seen, uh, all they've 
to me, at least in my opinion, you know, uh, they've made um, Bayek definitely feel like uh, like Ezio, feel like you know this is someone that you're you're rooting for. You know, this is uh, between him and Aya. You know, there's a connection there, and you feel that connection. And they've done a uh, a great job at bringing that in. So I'm really really excited for that. But I also you know agree with you guys. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't want to kill Connor, but <laughs> I do definitely feel like uh, like uh, he's his character is definitely like kind of on the lower end of uh, my favorite Assassin's Creed characters. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess a funny story as well, for, especially for a new guest, but like, yeah, with the podcast name, the way it came about was, uh, I mean, people listening to this have probably heard this story a thousand times, like, Tyler, shut the fuck up. But <laughs> um, pretty much this podcast came about by accident when James and I did a live stream before Unity. And it was back when everyone was kind of talking about, oh, will Connor make an appearance in Unity or something? And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if, um, uh, like, Connor tried to kill Elise and then Arno killed Connor? And then we're like, that would be sick if Connor got killed. That'd be, that would save Assassin's Creed. <laughs> and then, and then um, it would, someone in the... Um, you, James, what's the name of the person uh, that commented? Red Wolf, I think. Red Wolf, yeah. Red Just Wolf, yeah. comments, kill Connor Club. And then from there, boom, we started yeah. a podcast. And we just I mean, it's a name that, that, uh, that definitely grabs your attention. Yeah, definitely. yeah, it yeah, certainly does. Um, and, you know, here we are, th over three years later, it's doing all right. And um, he's, he's somehow still alive. You haven't uh, quite killed him yet. Not yet. Yet's the key word. <laughs> You're inching One away day. slowly. It's more of a torture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's got to got to be a slow burn, like his slow, game was. Slow burn, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite Assassin's Creed, then, Chris? Are you a, are you like us, which are just a couple of one-two Ezio dick riders, or what are your um, favorite? Games? Well, I mean, I've you know, I've I've played, I've beaten, played every single Assassin's Creed game. So, um, my favorite, obviously, my and, and I know this is like really cliche, but my favorite character is is Ezio, of course, just of because. Course. Of course, um, yeah. you know, I've I've got to talk to uh, Roger Craig Smith and he's such an amazing guy and he does an amazing job with Ezio. Mm. I mean, that's just one of those instances where, uh, you know, the writing was done well and the guy playing it, it was just a perfect fit. And you really, really got into his character. So to me, his character, uh, Ezio, is is the one that is the is the best for me. Now, as far as game wise, I usually get a little bit of. Um, I wouldn't say hate, but a little bit of like, you know, kind of pondering why. But my favorite, um, at least as of right now, because I don't want to say anything. I don't want to like say my favorite's origins yet until I've played and beat the full game. But so far, my favorite is actually Revelations. And a lot of people always ask me, why is Revelations my favorite? And I say that. that is because, for one, that was when Ezio was at his like, his, his, uh, his peak. It's, it's like uh, it, when he was – the character was so fleshed out that, like, you just – I don't know. I just understood him the most at that point in his life. That He, is, he was a, a hard-driven assassin by that point. He's had so much happen to him, and it was finally time for him to settle down, and then he finally got the chance to settle down after – for a little bit after uh, Revelations. And to me, it, it felt like uh, – I don't know. I really, really enjoyed – I'm a huge history buff. And uh, going to going around in, in Constantinople was so so much fun for me, you know, and I I, I just loved. I thought Revelations done a, a great job with like bringing all the great things that you loved from 
uh, number two, and then all of the really, really fun, like kind of things that you love from brotherhood, bringing in the actual, like kind of brotherhood themselves and stuff like that really, really kind of just, uh, to me was the pinnacle of, uh, what Assassin's Creed has been so far. But I know a lot of people don't necessarily agree with that one. Some people say Assassin's Creed two, um, uh, you know, everyone has their, their taste, but I just felt that revelations was the one that uh, really showed me like, <clears throat> just let me loose and just let me be an assassin and, and be felt like I was in charge of everything. Mm, sure. With, with Revelations, I've found recently that uh, it's a lot of people's least favorite game, which I, I was shocked by. Bizarre. Bizarre. So strange. I don't get that. But apparently that's the case, which is odd. I love it. I mean, it's, it's so hard Joy because you got, you got Revelations, and then right after that you have the amazing Black Flag. And um, so most people don't consider Black Flag uh, the best game, the best Assassin's game. That's because yeah. they consider yeah. it the best pirate game as opposed to pirate the best game? Assassin's game. Mm, definitely. You know, because it, it definitely went more towards uh, a pirate's life as opposed to an assassin's life. Like, you know, because there was a lot of things in Black Flag that just made me kind of think, like, why, why would they do this? You know, why would even before you become an assassin, you're doing a, a leap of faith you know, when mm. you land on, a, you know, that, that after your ship sinks or whatever. Spoiler. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when your ship sinks. And, you, and you now you're, you're killing an assassin who's, like, well-trained. And, you know, you're just some pirate. You know, like, they didn't set anything up. So it was a little bit harder to feel for that character than what you did with Ezio. But its gameplay was what sets uh, – it has the best, like, gameplay in general of all the games. So um, it's, you know, I, I, it was so fun. And what's cool is the fact that you got the, the game director for that is, is the same game director for Origins. And you, I've, I've mm. really got to, uh, you know, talk with him and see the love that all of the guys, all of the developers and everyone has, has for Origins. And I'm so glad. I was one that was completely on board with the waiting a year because sometimes mm. if you just do a year after year after year, it can get stale. But for me, I enjoyed having an Assassin's Creed every year because I love Assassin's Creed. But it was getting mm -hmm. stale. And obviously they need to move the series forward. They need to reinvent. Just like Assassin's Creed 1 was amazing, but it was so repetitive. And then when 2 came around, you were like, holy shit, this is what an assassin's game can be and then from there you know they've they've gone up they've gone down then they went back up a little bit you know they've, they've been kind of all over the place and i really feel uh, and that this iteration it's it's going to take people <laughs> so it's going to take them some time to get used to the new controls that's going to be the biggest thing i think uh, the first thing you're going to see on twitter is everybody's going to be like i hate these controls that's just because they're so used to what assassin's creed has been because they've got you know, they changed it. Every iteration had something tiny different. And then you finally got to Syndicate and everything felt like, okay, you weren't like, you know, your fingers weren't crossing each other when you were trying to climb something anymore. Uh, but then now they've gone to a more modern RPG uh, kind of um, control mm -hmm. scheme. And it's going to take a while, but once you actually finally get into it, you're going to see the genius behind it. And you can always switch back to uh, legacy controls. Uh, if you're just if you don't like change and you want to sit in a corner, you know. <laughs> that's me. I don't like change. Legacy <laughs> controls. Will be the first. I'm glad you've told me this. That will be the first thing I do. I won't even start the game because we won't change <laughs> the controls. Tyler. 
Yeah. So I do with Halo. I still play on Halo. I mean, Halo, control. yeah. There is Always still, got to play Recon. When you go back to, I will tell you this. Even when you go back to Legacy Control, there still is some different stuff. And the reason being is because now you have a you have two types of attacks. You have a light attack and a heavy attack. Well, you never had a light attack and a heavy attack before. So there is going to be some differences, like even in the Legacy. Uh, so That's all right. Still... It's just the, the least amount of change. Yes. <laughs> but it's just I, I never was a fan of – you know, pressing forward and then holding RT and then also holding A to run. I mean, that's, I feel like that's just way too many controls to do something that's supposed to be so simple. So Have you tried the out fact that you controls? can do it all with the thumbstick now, um, and if you need to jump something, you press A, which is essentially your jump button or your, your parkour button, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so much more natural um, for me to do that. Um, so, I mean, it just it, – it, t- it took a while, though. I mean, even when I played this new uh, – uh, you know, this new section of the game that we got to play, um, <laughs> you know, the first, first 10 minutes, they changed some controls again. And so it took a little while to get used to it again. They moved around a couple of things like the, the lock-on and all that kind of stuff. But uh, once I found it and once I uh, saw all that, you know, it became second nature again, and, and, it, and it was pretty fun. Did you play the legacy controls at all? Is that what would that change it to the running to like the right trigger and stuff? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm doing that straight up. That's, That's interesting. That That'll be interesting to try out. But I feel I feel that the the with the game being rebuilt, the new controls are built for the new game, and so I feel exactly. like that those are the controls I sort of need to play with. Like I'm just you're gonna, gonna realize you know. very quickly if you play with Legacy that you're gonna be comfortable in the control setting, but you're gonna be limited in the what what you can do as an rpg because this is not the assassin's creed game of the old this is a new breed this is this is rpg that's at the same height as assassin's creed so you have to think of it like um you know and i don't like to do comparisons because uh you know there's no reason we need to compare this game or what it's trying to be to another game because then all that does is set you up for either disappointment uh, one way or another, you know, you've got to kind of let it stand on its own and, and, you know, then make a decision. But to me, it feels like with these new controls, it's the best way to go about what the things that you can do in the game are, you know, like no longer do you have those. And, and I always call them magnets where like, if you just imagine that there's like a, a vertical, vertical lines all over the screen. And every time you jump in a direction, it magnetizes you slightly towards uh, a specific thing right mm-hmm. that is that that feeling of magnetization <laughs> is gone um so i feel like i can wherever i want to jump to specifically is a lot more smoother and uh i and before it used to be the point like if you were on a little bit of a ledge and you needed to drop down i mean you had to press the a button to drop down you couldn't just drop down sometimes you'd stick on the ledge and then all of a sudden you jump off instead of just drop down you don't do that anymore. You'll drop down and you'll be able to go right into stealth instead of having to like awkwardly jump past somebody <laughs> because you know the controls were just set up uh, a little weird. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be something. What, so, so we've got – we talked about your base of kind of like you as a fan of Assassin's Creed. Was the first one you played Assassin's Creed 1 or was it Assassin's Creed 2 like a lot of people's was? Oh, Assassin's Creed 1. I mean I've, I was, I've been in the series since the very, very, very beginning. For Xbox, yeah, that was the first. 
first one. And I was so, amazed, but then again, you know, with the, I felt the same thing other people felt was, holy shit, this is, this is amazing because I'm such a history buff. But at the same time, when you got into the normal missions and it was just repeated over and over and over again, I mean, that really, really kind of hampered down the, 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 the overall effect of the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So with Assassin's Creed Origins and getting invited out to play this, how many times have you just played it the one time? No, I've, uh, let's see, one, uh, three separate events. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so you've played, played a, a few hours. hours. I've played a total now of about 12 hours. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, and um, I barely even scratched the surface. Like, I don't even feel like if, if there was a meter that said how much I've played in all the time that I've played, it would say, like, 4%. I mean, it was – I mean, it was – there's just so much to do, so much to see, you know. So what's wrong with taking the back screen? I'm just kidding. That's the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I just – I felt like – First of all, when a game grips you so much, like me, you know, I've got ADHD really, really bad. I'm a drummer. It makes sense, right? I like to do multiple things at once. If I'm playing a video game, I can only usually play a video game for like an hour or two before I got to say, get me the heck away from this game or I'll hate it forever. Just the way my mind works, you know, so I try to move on to something else and then let it refresh and then go back. But with Assassin's Creed Origins, I sat there and um, I, I, I just wanted to keep playing. I didn't want to stop. Uh, every event that I went to, um, when there were other games to be seen uh, at the event too, and you know you're scheduling a time to try to sit at this for an hour, and then you go over to like say Far Cry or something else, I just kept saying, "Listen, here, you know, did you have another spot open? Let me play another hour." I wanted to get as I wanted just to to keep playing. And this last event, um, I did the same thing. I uh, we had like it was set up into to two four-hour events, so. First, I was at the first four-hour one, and then there was another one right after that. And I said, well, my flight's not leaving until, like, later in the evening. So I said, do you think you can sneak me in to the second session? Um, and, you know, don't tell anybody, but uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and so I just I played a whole another three hours. So I recorded for three hours the first session, and then I did another, you know, two and a half hours the second session. Just so I could, like, have as... It's not that I'm going to show all of that footage, like five hours of footage. No, it's so that I could do things multiple times and see how they see how they pan differently, see how they uh, how you can manipulate some of the the AI to see like how the some of the AI works, like with using poison, you know, poisoning dead bodies and seeing how the, it can affect the enemies. Uh, I, I did a couple of things where, um, and I can say this because it's not because it's been shown in in previous um, you know playthroughs of of the game so far, mm -hmm. but there's nothing more fun than you know stealthing a guy like in a bush or something and then poisoning his body, and then taking his body to the middle of this camp, and you know whistling for all the enemies to come and see the body and they all just gather around the body like what the, what the hell happened to George, you know why is he on the ground you know. And then uh, all of a well, sudden, they, they all something. just start coughing. <laughs> they all just start coughing, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, oh, what's going on, you know? And then they go back about their business. All right, someone's killed George. We're going to do a search perimeter, you know, horrible acting here. That's not how it really went, but um, yeah. I'm just explaining. And <laughs> then like all of a sudden, you just start seeing, you start seeing their health being taken away, right? And it just keeps going away, and you keep seeing them cough. And then they keep coughing more and more slowly. And then all of a sudden, they start puking. 
then they fall to the ground puking and like like their their friends are like oh my god are you what's what's wrong you know and it's like i don't know it was like i just sat there and i, I got gameplay i just sat there and i was like i'm so mesmerized at how these guys are just dying so slowly it was just amazing you know i, I that had does so sound much pretty cool it, and, and it's going to be a really cool video so i can't wait to show that mm. So there's plenty, obviously, you can't say about what you saw. Um, but well, it's not, that, with... it's not that I can't say about what, I, what I've seen, because what I've seen is in no way going to ruin, like, anything for you guys, if you know what I mean. Like, what they've shown us is not even remotely, like, we didn't see... I would say there was only one like spoilerly thing, and I really wouldn't even really call it that. That 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 we've seen. Other than that, what we've seen is just the world, right? It's just how the world works, and 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 all that stuff. It's not like we've really seen a lot of like like oh my god, we found out that Bayek uh, has three <laughs> testicles. Big spoiler, you know? No, we didn't see any, any huge, you know big spoiler like that i mean it was just would that be a huge big spoiler i don't know <laughs> i, I mean he's, he's a pretty <laughs> it would for guy, me but he's a pretty bad i did I, I i will say this i saw a cutscene that that no one's gonna see until it's released um but in that cutscene, i fell in love with bike because i don't know it's what what he's doing in the cutscene, and then there's cleopatra there his wife is there uh, it's kind of like their first encounter uh but it was so it was so funny, and it just made me it, it made me just fall in love with that character. Like just right at that second, I was like, "Holy crap! What they're doing with this guy is more than just uh, him being there to tell this story." You know, you're actually going mm. to, you know, you're going to feel something for him. So it was pretty cool. That's always good to hear. Well, um, so with Origins, I guess like. Do you have some, like, obviously, I don't want to, like, ask, oh, what's your, like, review? What would you review it as? Like, you haven't played the full game, obviously, but, like, from what you've played so far, you obviously love the game. Mm -hmm. What are your kind of overall thoughts on for people that, I don't know, are skeptical or worried about um, how the game's going to turn out or, if, you know, a bit disenfranchised with how Assassin's Creed's been going? What would you tell those sorts of people after playing 12 hours of Assassin's Creed Origins? Well, I, I, I would tell them that it's time to man up and realize that you don't have to buy a game the moment it comes out. You don't have to wait in line at 12 o'clock. You don't have to pre-order. The problem with video games today is that everybody pre-orders and then they get disappointed because they didn't get what they thought they were going to get. So if you do a little bit of research and and you don't watch the this this I mean the stupid journalist reviews and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to them it's just that you know they're they're really good at writing they're really good at, at that kind of stuff but they're not there to show you like who the modern person is you know what I mean uh, if anything watch watch a let's player or watch somebody going through it that generally is going to show you the things that you're going to do in the game, not the things that um, they people are are think that you're going to do, because no one no one knows better. I mean, I, I'm just like you guys, you know. I'm I'm a fan. I get skeptical of things. I want to see this. I want to see that. I'm upset about this. Upset about that. And for people out there that are still on the fence, all I got to say is you don't have to get it the first day. Wait a week. You know, wait until you see what all the reviews are saying. 
Uh, wait till you see a little bit of gameplay, watch a little bit of it, you know, from whoever your favorite guy is or whatever, or girl, and, and just kind of, but try to watch from a, a perspective from someone who plays similar to what you do, right? If you're the kind of person that loves to just walk into the middle of an area and then just start fighting everyone, then follow that guy and then watch someone do that. Because if, if, if I go and I do this whole thing stealthy and I show no combat and then someone sees that and then when they go in and they try to do it stealthy and they fail and then all of a sudden they're doing all this combat but then they didn't prepare themselves for how difficult the combat really is because it is very, very difficult. You're going to die a lot of times um, and it's not going to be something that uh, – it's going to be frustrating a little bit sometimes because the combat is – something that is you need to build upon each step each layer every weapon that you upgrade and get is going to further help your cause all the uh the stats and and all the perks and all that stuff pertain to how well you use weapons and how well you can use certain abilities so if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to get into any of that then you're going to have a horrible time it's not going to be your game because you're just going to sit there and you're going to die every five seconds. You're going to wonder, this is not Assassin's Creed, where I could just sit back and wait for one guy to hit me. I can counter him and bam, I'm, I'm on to the next section. That's not how it is anymore. You know, This is five, six guys coming at you. Uh, you might have three people from horseback you know, shooting an arrow in your face while you've got two other people that are hitting you with swords. And you're like, how in the hell did my health get down in two seconds? Well, that's because you forgot to put your shield up. So therefore, the guys on the horse who are... Um, you know, in front of you uh, are hitting you in the face with the damn arrow and, and you're getting your, your life taken away. Uh, but the other cool thing is if you put that sword or if you put that shield out and you keep those guys in front of you, you're automatically going to block every shield or every arrow that comes at you with that shield. So it becomes a using the things that you have to your advantage uh, so that you can enjoy the game more. So don't go in there thinking that you're, it's going to be the old Assassin's Creed. You got to get that out of your head. The feeling of that old system is still there, right? When you when you do your first leap of faith and all that stuff, yes, it's Assassin's Creed. You know, when you start seeing the history and and the hidden blade and all that stuff, yes, it's Assassin's Creed. But it has a lot more different and um, uh, unique things that it's going to show you that you might not be used to. So you got to be a little bit, just slightly more patient with it, and just don't. You know, you, it's going to take a little bit longer to get into, and hopefully that is going to put more respect into people's eyes because I felt the same way when I first picked it up. I was pissed that I couldn't just walk up to anybody and uh, assassinate them, you know, like you could before. I was freaking pissed. I was like, oh, my God, there's a guard in front of me. This guy looks like a douche, but because he's level 10 and I'm a level 3, I can't assassinate him, you know, unless you've upgraded your um, – unless you've went around, done some crafting, and upgraded your hidden blade, you can eventually get to the point where you can take out anyone in the game, no matter what level you are, but it's going to take you a lot of upgrading and crafting and all that <clears> stuff <throat> to get your blade up there. So you're going to get out of the game what you put into it, as opposed to before, where you pretty much could just get right through the main story of Assassin's Creed without too much, unless you wanted to go for 100%. Then, then it was a challenge. So... Do you reckon, in saying all this, that there's definitely going to be fans out there, for sure? And, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, without even playing it myself, it's fair to say that there's going to be fans that 
of the franchise for a long time that aren't going to like this game. Yeah, and I've seen them all on all my videos and even on, you know, on James' videos and stuff mm -hmm. like that where they're just like, you know, the combat looks stupid. This isn't as fast as You know, I, I, I see it all the time and I... I want to just say you're stupid, you know, but uh, <laughs> you're a stupid not, face. You're stupid. Uh, it's just not going to be for everybody. Everybody. The, the thing is, you know, just because someone else is saying something stupid doesn't mean you have to say it's stupid. You know, come up with your own opinion. Watch video gameplay of it. Don't watch someone who sucks at combat and think the combat is stupid because it takes skill in the combat now. It's not like it was before. It's not just a, oh my gosh, hold the high profile button and hit X when you're ready, you know? It's not that anymore. Everything is, is hit-based, location-based, and it's you got to lock on too, man. I found that uh, very difficult. The second time or the second event that I went to, I couldn't I, – I, I, they moved the lock-on button for me. And I was too busy w running around the environment trying to do like all find all hidden tombs and all that kind of stuff. But when I got into the combat, I didn't take the time to like lock on because I didn't know what button it was. And I wasn't like literally thinking, how do I lock on? I just forgot about it. And I was wondering why every single time I'd be hitting people, you know, I would be hitting the side of them. I wouldn't be right on them, you know, because I wasn't locking on. You're going to notice that locking on is very, very important. It's going to help keep. Um, it's going to help keep your attention on the enemies that are that are present and that are coming right at you as opposed to you just because if in this game you can just swing and, and and if someone's in the area of where you're swinging you're going to do some type of damage to them it's not like i'm going to swing and if someone's in the area then i'm going to magnetize myself to where they are in the old games that's how it was right so mm -hmm. now it's like no matter what you do, you're, you can swing anywhere you want. And if someone decides that I'm going to be an idiot and step in front of you, they're going to get hit. So I, it works both ways. I mean, people's going to hate the combat and then there's going to be people that will actually get into it and dig it and realize that it's a lot more, it, it adds longevity to the game. Whereas uh, I can guarantee you, I mean, there's, there's a few videos I've seen out there of, of people just like, uh, in the old Assassin's Creed games, just like burying up the bodies, you know, just sitting there standing still and just uh, doing like chain kills and stuff like that. You know, you're not going to that. That's no more. I mean, you'll you'll be dead within a minute if you try to do that, unless you've got the combat mastered. So uh, it, it's going to be a little bit more frustrating for people. But I'm hoping this will make gamers um, grow up and realize that games shouldn't be shouldn't be able to walk all over games. You know, yeah. This is the first time in a video game, or not a video game, but this is the first time in Assassin's Creed game, except for uh, Chronicles China, uh, this is the first time that there's going to be difficulty modes. So uh, mm -hmm. things are going to be different. You know, this is not your old Assassin's Creed. This is something different. And I you're going to get feel, out of it what you put in. I feel like we're kind of taking a bit of a change with video games in general, right, with difficulties. I felt like when I started playing video games as a kid, games are hard as shit like you know it was actually challenging then well they had like, to do that because games back then were like that's a lot shorter right so they needed to, to add ramp up the challenge and the difficulty so that people that it would it would extend the longevity of the game mm. you know mm. but nowadays gameplay can be very very shit. long as opposed to what it was before and then you know uh, there's so much more stuff to do now that you can just kind of get lost in everything 
But as well, I feel like we're going back to it, right? Like with this probably 360 PS3 generation, games are just long and easy. Most games, I found. Mm. At least I was playing, but now we're starting to kind of mix them together, right? You Like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was challenging. Like a Destiny has its challenges, but they also have its easy stuff. It's not all hard, but, you know, there's there are boss fights, right? Like they're trying to bring in some sort of challenge or at least you have to think about things before you go into it. And that's what it looks like, you know, Origins is doing, at least in the sense of, you know, you can't just, as you said, do what you're used to. You've got to really think about it. You've got to exactly. prepare. You, you don't, like, you'll you'll have a mission and... Um, let's say if I go up and I've got all these missions around me, but I'm a level 12, but this mission specifically says it's recommended that I be a level 18 to do this mission. I can do it. I can go in there and do the mission. There's no restrictions on what missions you can do. You can literally go and do whatever mission that you see. Okay. But you will die over and over and over. And I, 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 I do this. I, I, I'm showing something off where that uh, I, I'm gonna take. I take on a mission that is like six, seven levels above me, and I, I'm, I show just how difficult it is to even remotely uh, kill one one person. And you know, like when you try to stealth assassinate someone, you do a little bit of damage because your hit because your your um, your hidden blade only deals so much damage, but it's not a it's not enough damage to kill them outright. So it takes a small portion. And it's so challenging. I mean, it took me forever just to beat this one mission that was six levels higher than me. Forever. I died so many times because I wanted to see if you could do it, if you could beat it. And yes, you can. Because there's there's tricks and there's different things that you can do. You can separate the enemies one-on-one, baiting them and things like that. But there's also sleep darts that you can knock enemies out, and then you can get easy assassinations on. Because when an enemy's asleep, doesn't matter what their hit points are. So there's other ways that you can do it, but you're not always going to be able to have max, um, you know, max poison and, and max sleep darts and stuff like that. Because it's all about crafting and having that materials. So it makes you go out, find this stuff, upgrade your character and if you're going out to find these sleep darts to get the the crafting stuff you need to get your hidden blade up you're automatically going out and leveling your guy up so you're you're doing what the game kind of wants you to do but at the same time you're doing what you want to do right you're going around and you're trying to to be better without realizing that what you're doing is going to make you better in in every mission that you do um it's funny because i'm watching like your gameplay videos of origins like while we've been talking and i'm literally watching that mission you're talking about right now like the high level mission and you spent the last i don't know 90 seconds trying to kill one guard it's it's <laughs> like, crazy and then i do that again in this in this next video stuff that's coming up but i take it to the 10th degree and i really really go deep into just how ridiculously tough this game is going to be if you you will never ever 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 see a walkthrough of someone on youtube that will never upgrade their character and beat the game because it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. Because I don't know if you saw the video that IGN did when Ash came in and he showed a level one Bayek against mm, yeah, yeah. like level whatever the highest level, you know, guys. Now what he happens is when when a, when a character that you're going up against is completely out of your league and would be impossible to kill, you're going to see like a skull above his head, as opposed to a number. So normally you mm. see a number, right? And that number will change colors depending on how higher he is than you. 
Okay. If, if, if it's, if his number is in the red or yellow, that's saying that, well, he's almost out of your league. You might not want to tackle this guy, um, you know, until you've upgraded your character a little bit more or whatever. But if you see a skull above his head, it's like, you'll do one damage on him one. And there's like a thousand, over a thousand hits that you need in order to be able to beat him. And, and so it's, it would be impossible. Um, but again, there are ways to get around certain things. You just, you know, you have to want to find it. It's, uh, and that's what I loved about it. That's why I had so much fun of uh, trying to, you know, do as many things as I can because I'm not like those other guys that just <clears throat> want to get the footage out there as quickly as possible and don't really care what I'm doing. I actually care about this series, and I want people to see it in a light that, um, that lets them know their baby is growing up, but it's, uh, it's, they're changing for the good. They're just moving on with the times that you don't always have to stay still. Sometimes you got to reinvent and do other stuff. Mm. The, the combats on faults never ever been, you know, perfect or even like great. So to me, I don't think there's any issue at all for completely revamping the combat. You know what I mean? Like there's no loss here. I don't think, no, Oh no, I'm going to miss yeah, oh, I'm gonna miss this one. I'm like, well, it was never that great anyway. It was. Well, I thought it was you know, super badass. The one thing I enjoyed. It's badass, but it wasn't like you know what I mean. It wasn't like riveting or anything. It was. Yeah, it was cool, just. But you just can get really, day, really yeah. cool chain kills, and it was really cool to look at and fun. But there wasn't really any skill involved. But it was mm. just fun to watch. You felt like I'm an assassin. I'm a badass. I'm gonna kill everybody. But guess what? Bayek is not an assassin. Okay. He's a, he's a Mejai. He's not an assassin yet. So this is, this is completely different. It's like when you, when you come to the source of the Brotherhood and you're going to realize that everything that you've played up to this point has been generations upon generations upon generations taught of training, of becoming an assassin, becoming the Brotherhood, and just being that badass where not a single person can F with you, right? Well, now you're back in the day when it's not like that, where a single person is a boss, you know, can be a boss if you don't play mm -hmm. him correctly. And, and that is, I think, where um, is either going to make or break this game. It's either the people are going to really, really feel something for that. But I know not, not a lot of people get that deep into it. And that's unfortunate. Um, but I do. And I, I think that's what, makes, that's what makes it for me. Like I said, I was so pissed at first when I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't assassinate this guy. Or, you know, uh, where's that cool execution kill after every single enemy? You know, that's gone. You're still going to get execution kills, but it's not going to be as frequent uh, because, you know, you're not going to get an execution, execution kill when there's six other guys that are continually hitting you. You know, they're not going to mm. say, well, damn, man, look at him. He just chopped off that guy's <laughs> head. We're, let's, ooh, let's wait till the, till the head hits the floor. Oh, that's great. And then, you know, rinse and repeat. It's like, Oh my gosh! You know you're you're killing one guy and then you're moving right on to the next one because you you ain't got time to breathe. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I mean, this this is the first time in a long time I've been excited about Assassin's Creed. You know, been a fan of the franchise for so long. Uh, you know, I remember you know when James and I were doing this podcast before Syndicate, both of us were like exhausted talking about it. We didn't even want to discuss it right like james you remember what it was like it was it was really depressing that year it was like it's you know we'd had them every year and it was like we and, and it wasn't even like we would had a good one every year it's like it got well, to the point the where they were all too. just you bad. had one every year but then 
one year you had two of them and you were just mm. like, oh my gosh, this is great. But at the same time, it's just, it's like you said, it's, it's just too overwhelming. Mm. Too much of a good thing can come, can become a negative. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, yeah, it was like, I mean, with Unity and Rogue, it's like Rogue was, I mean, it's, it's fine. Unity was just abysmal. And then it was like the next year, it's like, and we're back at it again with Syndicate. And it's like, it just got to the point where we were just burned out with Assassin's Creed. So that, that notice of having, you know, a year's break was just fucking great last year. Yeah, and see, that's the funny thing. A lot of people hark so bad on Unity, but I enjoyed the F out of it. I did not get as many bugs as everyone else got. Um, I saw videos on YouTube, you know, of of of... Mm-hmm. just eye sockets running around and stuff like that but i didn't i didn't get i mean obviously i you i came across some of the glitches where like someone would all of a sudden climb up on something you know out of nowhere or something like that but i i look at video games different than everybody else does right because i've met developers i've seen how video games are made and i've seen the process i've seen the time so when, when, I, when I see glitches left and right and I see all these bugs or something, I don't look at it like I just get turned off by, by it, right? Obviously, I point it out and I say, you know, this is something they, they should have fixed before release or whatever. But I also know that, oh, my gosh, when you create when, – when you fix one bug, it creates 20 more bugs. And sometimes there are just some things. When you try to be too ambitious, when you try to get – a thousand people in one little area like unity did, you know, you get hundreds of people just sitting in there moving around. It's going to create so many problems. It's going to boggle down the machine. I think for unity, they were just a little bit too ambitious because it was their first outing. Ubisoft's complete first outing in the next. So the so-called next generation of gaming. Mm -hmm. And they just, just didn't realize that the more you add sometimes, the 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 more bugs and that kind of stuff that you're going to get but and i always try to tell my viewers hey you know what you're going to see bugs you're going to see this it's going to piss you off but you have to come to an understanding that this is this is not something that just happened it's not like this game was just made yesterday this some some games take you know five six years look at star citizen they've been going since 2012 and they're still in alpha right Mm. i mean it takes so long to make these games uh and i always try to come from a a different type of perspective as opposed to just trashing a game i'm always like well let me look at the positives and then we'll look at the negatives and again if if, if it's something that you think you're going to enjoy and you can get past it you know some people may lose out on an experience that they could enjoy just because of a few bugs or something and i try not to do that for myself except for aliens colonial marines that game sucks go to hell <laughs> yeah i mean i think I with... say you're a far nicer guy than us <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i mean i think with with unity I, I think the issue is like you you said with, with star citizen is they're still an alpha like since 2012 and it's been like ages i think the issue with unity is they needed longer in development. That's the thing. The game was released too quick, and obviously it's a huge company. There's so many things like happening, and obviously the game. Like I, I'm sure if the developers would, would, like, you know, they had a choice: can we release the game or can we keep developing the game? They'd probably keep going, but you know, Develop, developers would definitely say, "Let's keep going." For sure, yeah. But the, yeah. the publisher. I don't blame the, the developers. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there's it, lots it, of it, things. A publicly that... traded company like Ubisoft. There's you know Greg that you know develops the textures on a brick it's not his fault that unity is not getting you know delayed when it should be delayed. <laughs> exactly but that's what yeah. sucks because so many people blame developers 
for mistakes, but they don't understand that it's not necessarily their fault. Do you really they think a developer wants to, to put out something that makes them individually look like a piece of shit? No, mm, it's just not. it's just a company, and it's not just with Ubisoft. It's with everybody. It's with EA, with Battlefront, you know? I enjoyed the F out of Battlefront, but it just didn't have any content at all because EA was like, damn, Star Wars, you know, Episode Seven's coming out. We have to get the game out. And I think yeah. that's bullshit. It's like, wait till the game is ready. That is why Naughty Dog, every fucking thing that they do is a masterpiece. Spectacular. Mm, yeah. yeah. Because they, the, because the, the company that they work for, the PlayStation, whatever, they knows that what they're going to give them is gold. So they're like, all right, when it's ready, it's ready. Rockstar, you know, it's going to be gold when it's ready. It's ready. It's going to be delayed multiple times, and I look at that as like they're doing song. the right thing. That's what I want to see. I want to see a delay in a game. I mean, you know, obviously inside I cry a little every time it's delayed, but of course it makes me know that, oh, my gosh, they just squashed so many more bugs, and they just made it even more, uh, uh, you know, potentially even even better. Hmm. And that's why I love Naughty Dog games because they always take their time – and they give you the best quality that you're going to get, and the story is always going to be good and stuff like that. Now, I wish Ubisoft did that, but when you're a big publicly traded traded company and, and all that kind of stuff, you've got you to have so many games coming out at the end of the year when the rush is coming or you know, uh, the investors are going to look bad upon you because that's what Ubisoft as a company cares about is their investors. Um, the developers, man, they, they care about the fans of the game that they're playing. So that's why I really felt like when I talked with, with Ash, and he's really, really such a, such a good guy, that he, um, when I was talking to him about uh, how the fact that they've stretched out you know, the, the development cycle for this specific one, because you know, they were telling you know, Ubisoft, hey, give us time. Get, let, us, let us get all of the things that you've seen in the previous ones Let's 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 nip it in the bud and let's make a game that is going to look good for you, and is going to be hopefully very profitable as well. So it's going to be a win for everybody. And I th hmm. I really feel I really feel this can be a win uh, for Ubisoft. And and hopefully they'll do that in the future and they'll keep that same kind of aspect going. Hmm. Yeah, it's a long-term investment, right? You've got to tell Ubisoft because they've been very short-sighted, you know, for the short-term payoffs rather than like, you know, if you delay it and do it once every two years and you make an amazing game, it's going to sell more copies because the reputation goes up. If you know, it was, it was at the point where Syndicate selling half of what the previous game sold. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. losing them a lot of money, and they, yeah, and they, they have, have no choice after Syndicate but to go. Oh, okay, yeah, we we have to. We, we have, have things like uh, the division too, right? Everyone was so excited for the division, but it was so uh, bug related and, and had so many problems at launch and stuff like that. And then what I've seen Ubisoft do as as of late is sometimes they, when a game is is not being like like met to their standards of sales, right? That they'll just kind of move on to the next thing. That that. They're, they won't put as much love into fixing some of those issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like that's something that they can improve on. And if they do that, then – because I love Ubisoft. I mean the games they put out are amazing. Like the story-wise, the gameplay-wise, they're really, really great. If they just gave it just a little bit more time, Ubisoft, in my opinion, would be up 
you know, completely up there with Rockstar and Naughty Dog when it comes to their games, but they just, they got to give them more time. And I'm hoping that this Assassin's Creed is going to show them that. And they're going to, you know, start realizing that too, that you don't always, uh, okay, first of all, what, for, you got For Honor came out at the beginning of the year. Then Rainbow Six is still doing great. Um, Ghost Recon came out. There was like a bunch of games that came out for Ubisoft in the beginning of the year, and they owned the the, the first half of the year. Like, uh, what was it? I think Ghost Recon was the number one selling game for like the first. I think and it's still Honor the number was one. Number two. What's that? For, and Four Honor was number two in the first. Yeah, quarter exactly. They had the like year. the top two selling games of the year. Um, but there's been a lot of criticism about stuff about them just not being, you know, completely polished and stuff, especially for honor with having it, having a lot of problems and stuff like that. They have to realize that the early sales are amazing and great, but what you want is longevity, right? That's Correct. what you want. Correct. You want the, you want, you know, a year from now people to still be playing your game because then that says to people that this is a company that cares about the gamers and not just uh, the bottom line. So you, I feel like Assassin's Creed is a, is a game that we're all going to be able to sit and play, and we're going to be playing for, for the next year because there's going to be so much to see. There's, the issue is that going on with Ubisoft as well, though, is they're, like we've talked about, a publicly traded company, but they're also dealing with an impending hostile takeover at yeah. all times by Vivendi. So they can't have... Uh, you know, um, uh, investment meeting that doesn't have good sales ever because they only need one of those and all of a sudden ownership changes hands. You know what I'm saying? They have to mm. always have these sales. So that's a big issue with them. That's why they do have such short-sightedness with short-term sales. I think, you know, this is how Screen hopefully will just show them a bit different and show the investors more than anything, show the investors what longevity is. Because um, they're the people that need to be convinced at all times and know that, you know, sometimes there's going to be a quarterly investment meeting that's not going to be star-spangled awesome, but you can say, but by the next investment investors meeting or the one after that, we're going to have this and this and that, but you've got to give it time. Because right exactly. now, they this need numbers, is... numbers, numbers every single meeting or else the, an investor will go, we're going to side with, you know, Vivendi on their, you know, ideal Ownership I, I have a I have a strong feeling that Assassin's Creed is not going to sell big in the beginning, but because a lot of people Obviously. are skeptical of Assassin's Creed, a lot I of people agree. are skeptical or, or whatnot. Um, but once people see it and people see what it's doing, that it's going to really, really become super popular. Like I'd say a few months after as opposed to like right at the start. You're going to get your diehard fans that are going to get it from the start um, and things like that, obviously. But I think it's going to pick up afterwards because what they're doing with um, the new gameplay mode that's coming out at the beginning of next year, mm. uh, which is going to be huge when it comes to the educational market, which uh, I think is such a great idea. I mean, if I had that back when I was in school, if I could bring in a video game, um, you know, to, to learn about history and stuff like that. I mean, how cool would that been? Mm. You know, unfortunately, you know, they didn't even have cell phones back when I was in school. So obviously they couldn't have a game. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, oh, do, I you, saw... do you want to talk Go about ahead. that now with, do you want to talk about that now, um, James, if you, cause I don't actually know that well, James, do you want to explain the, the this uh, discovery, discovery mode tour? Yeah. They announced it. Pff, it was yesterday. Um, 
and essentially it's the way I look at it, um, and I think of the way everyone's been looking at it is the database we love from Assassin's Creed has now been taken up to the next level, adding so much interactivity and knowledge that you can get now through this uh, this tour that they're going to be releasing early on next year, so that you can learn all about the Ptolemaic period of Egypt. And I think it's just, I think it's awesome. Like, I would have loved something like this back in the day with, like, uh, with Assassin's Creed 2, because I was super yeah. into the Renaissance. I was, like, I like mm-hmm. going through the database, be, like, searching it up on Google, like, finding out as much as I could, because I was super into the history. So this is just awesome for, like, long-time fans, for history fans, for, you know, educational purposes, and for newcomers. Like, it's just great. Yeah, and what they're doing with it is is they're making it to where, like, you don't, there's no combat, there's there's yeah. no like limitations on where you can go in the world. Everywhere you go in the world is going to be some type of tour that you're going to be able to do. And there's going to be real historians, Egyptologists, and all that stuff teaching you about this stuff. This is not the developers teaching you about yeah. it. This is actual people that do this for a living teaching you about it. But Ubisoft has put this together into the game. Um, and again, for people like me who is such a – that's the biggest thing that drew me to Assassin's Creed in the first place was the history section, was going back to Jerusalem, you know, um, going back to the Crusades and all that kind of stuff. That's what drew me in to the game. Mm-hmm. And then the, the stealth gameplay and the, the whole thing that you're an assassin, that obviously, you know, kept me. Uh, but the history, you know, learning, like you said, learning about the history in, in, in Italy and all that stuff. And I always enjoyed um, – one of the things I uh, – I always think about when I when I remember playing Assassin's Creed 2 was when you would go through the people um, that you would see like doctors or mm-hmm. you know like the small things right that you that a normal game wouldn't say anything about and then you're getting all this text about it or maybe sometimes Sean will even have an audio thing about it or maybe mm-hmm. even a video you know um, I just thought that was so cool I was like holy crap like I'm I've learned more about Italy in that time period playing a game than I did in all of high school. Mm, and yeah. <laughs> where else are you going to say so that? True. That's you so know? true. That's so true. Where else are you going to say that? That that shows me that this is not only a company that cares uh, about the product they're doing, but they also want to every and, – and here's the thing. The reason I think this adds so much longevity to all the Assassin's Creed games is because now it not only becomes a game in a time period – that you just move from one time period or another, they really can really, really make each time period set itself apart from the next, right? If this pulls itself off the way that we all hope it does, we've learned all this about Egypt, and now it's like, oh my gosh, where, where can they where can they go? What's Where's a place? Oh, I'd love them to go back to Renaissance, but maybe they'll go to feudal Japan, and we'll get to learn about all of that stuff, you know? And oh my, it just, the possibilities mm. in your mind just are like, holy crap, you can really get a chance to feel like you're there, you're learning about it. I feel like this mode is going to bring a lot more doctors <laughs> and, and uh, historians than any other, any other type of uh, education, educational way. Mm. That's such a cool way to do it, of a new revamp of the database, because I feel like not enough people understood what the database was, right? Like, mm-hmm. and really got into it. It was really for the hardcore fans. This is kind of a way to, you know, kind of yell at people, like, we're here, we're here, watch this shit. Like, it's awesome, you know? And really mm-hmm. get people to explore. The, it also shows you how that they're really, really trying to make the history match up. 
Like, obviously, in Assassin's Creed, they can take some liberties and say, well, this person died around this period. He was, you know, he got killed, but we don't necessarily know how he got killed. And then the Assassin's Creed takes that as, well, you know, our guy killed him or something like that. They try mm -hmm. to spin it and put it in there. But what they're doing with this, this Discovery Tour is, I mean, they're really making it as authentic as possible, right? And but still leaving the same Assassin's Creed elements in so you can make up your own kind of history in the regards of that stuff. But when it comes to, you know, the things that they they, they only they showed one thing in the actual like demo that we saw of it. And it was just uh, the uh, the mummification demo or whatever, the mummifying um, mm -hmm. thing. And you guys saw a picture of that, right? You saw yep. like I, I think there was a picture that they put up of that but we actually saw the video or we saw the someone playing it and and how it was going through and and how there was a narrator over it and how you can walk around all of the doctors you know uh doing the mummifying and all that kind of stuff and um i mean there's and there's so many different of them uh that you can do i mean it was so expansive and they're not even have you know they're not even done with it yet it obviously doesn't come out until next year but uh it's it's a completely new game mode, which I think is going to add so much more to it. It's like playing a brand new game, except, you know, it's I'm I'm learning. You know, how dare how dare a game teach me? You know, <laughs> how dare you? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to kill people, not learn. <laughs> but yeah, it does sound it does sound great. That's one of the things I loved about all the old Assassin's Creed games. So I'm I'm happy they're doing this, and it's going to be super interesting. And what one other thing that I thought as well is. You know, due to this, them adding things in uh, later on, it seems like they're trying to continue the longevity of Origins by, you know, obviously next year we're getting the Discovery Tour, and then at some point next year we'll probably get an expansion as well to Bayek's story in some way, most likely like they do with yes, every other Assassin's Creed game. That, so. he's, he's a character I would love to see um, more of than just the first game, you know what I mean? Like a sequel mm -hmm. or something similar to that. But at the same time, I also want to see other time periods you know but would you it's... not want to see for example like in this time period there's a lot of places to go similar to you know, we spent a lot of time in the 17 1800s in the last few games you could have just as easily gone to those locations with the same character but they didn't and i feel like maybe it wasn't a mistake because i just don't think that was the right time or right characters i think maybe arno was at some point he could have easily gone to london but i feel like you got a character now in a new time period that you've got a lot of places you can go history-wise. Why not go to ancient Rome? Why not go to ancient Greece now from here with yeah, Bayek? And you, you could have, like, say, exactly, you could have Bayek meet up with, um, you know, the assassin that's in Rome or something like that and have like a tie grow into it, it, you know? You can you can have that kind of thing instead of making a necessarily a complete sequel with just Bayek, but playing multiple assassins, you know? Exactly right. Well, you, just in the sense of... Bayek, I mean, he, this is the origin of the Assassin Order as we know it, right? So, like, it makes sense him, you know, expanding the Order or at least, you know, traveling to learn more himself and expand his own mind and that leads to the growth in, in this Order. Like, I don't... It just it, From right at the get-go, this game being announced even before it, I just don't see why not at a time period like this. You wouldn't take advantage of... One, just having a good character and doing what you did with Ezio, you know? The the franchise needs a new face. The, Ezio hasn't been around for six years and six games, yet he's still the face of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and everyone like, still wants him, you know? 
Like, uh, casual fans, like most of my friends that played Assassin's Creed when I started playing it, they literally haven't played since yet. They're like, they tried three and they didn't like it and they haven't played since. You know, and all my friends just go, you know, whenever I talk to them about it, they're like, yeah, how good were those Ezio games? I'm like, yep, they were, but have you played any of the others? And they're like, no. Nah. I'm like, okay, well. I, mean, I thought right. Syndicate so improved right. a lot from Unity um, with a, a lot of things. I really, really liked the, the, the line launcher. I really enjoyed that. Um, really? I, oh, God. Well, yeah, because, because it made sense. It made sense, right? Back Did it in make sense? Day, all the buildings... No, I, I know it, it. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> but l l l hear me out here. It made sense in the in the way that all of the games in in Italy, right? All of the games in Jerusalem, the games before that uh, we got to that, um, we're very close together, right? We're very uh, jump from one rooftop to the next. But when you got into the modern era, okay, when when you got into London in the 1800s, or you know. Uh, France in the late 1700s, uh, everything became industrial and spread out, right? So you but, no but longer that's the point of it. from one but building to another. So that's why they made the, the line launcher, which I thought, well, that's so cool. So instead of scaling, instead of making every building so close to each other that it's unrealistic that you can jump from one building to another easily, they, they made up some stupid, ridiculous thing that allow you to go from one to the to the next i thought that was pretty cool that they respect the series enough to not like to to make sure that the most important thing was the time period and the locations were handled correctly that they were spread apart like they're supposed to be because this is the new modern age that's that's how i look at it even though it was ridiculous yeah. to have a hook blade or even though it was ridiculous to have a a, a line launcher i felt like why they did it was for a good reason, is to make but, the gameplay fun and not ruin how modern the the setting was. But we knew that, like, this. James and I talked about this before the game was out, and I stand by it after the game came out, how ridiculous, like you said, how ridiculous Rebel Launcher is. But if you're making a game that's Assassin's Creed, where you're like, well, we can't scale buildings because historically they're too far away, so let's make a rope launcher... No, the answer isn't make a rope launcher. The answer is don't make a game in Victorian London in 1880s. You know, like That's if you can't good, make yeah. a, you know, a good quality game, which I don't think Syndicate was overall. I mean, I thought it wasn't glitchy. I don't think it was glitchy. I thought the characters were fun. Um, I, th I mean, I think it's like if, if you had a Fable game and a meet Assassin's Creed, like it was a parody of Assassin's Creed, it didn't take itself seriously, which maybe it's fine for some people. It wasn't my cup of tea. Um, I didn't mind, hate the characters. I didn't hate the storyline either. I didn't even hate the setting while playing it. For what it was, I thought it was fine, but I just don't think um, a setting where you need a rope launcher to make it work is a correct setting yeah. for Assassin's Creed. I think, I think Assassin's what they're doing works, now. It all works best when it's in the past pass. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, they further went in, way too far forward with, with, with Syndicate. I mean, even with Unity, I was like, okay, this is pushing it a little bit. And then with the Syndicate, they jumped ahead, like, another well, 1,900 years. I think that's years. when they, they started caring more about, like, how beautiful a city could look and how to scale they could build it. They started caring too much about the scale of a city. I think they needed – you don't need mm, that. Like, true. in Assassin's Creed Origins, I mean, I've, I've been to the big cities and I've been to the small cities. And – the small cities, you can go from rooftop to rooftop. The big cities, sometimes you can go from rooftop to rooftop, but the cities are not made at all like giant cities are today. So 
everything just feels better. Everything is climbable. There's like nothing that you can't climb anymore. If there's like a small, tiny thing for you to put your finger on, you'll be able to climb it. Sometimes mm. it looks ridiculous when you're climbing a, a, a mountain rock and you're doing it like, um, you know, the, the best mountain climber in the world. But I like how they're making it to where everything is climbable as opposed to like this, ha there has to be an indention, a, a clear indention here. Some things I, I grabbed a hold of that I d wouldn't even think that I could grab a hold of. But once I saw it, I was like, well, yeah, I guess you could, you know, if you're trained in that or whatnot. Okay. So I enjoyed the setting of going back from where we were. I felt like we were getting too modern. Uh, and then that's what pissed me off too with number three was the fact that, you know, you're, you're leading up one, two, you know, uh, Brotherhood, Revelations, and then three, and it's all about Desmond and Desmond's all, you know, and, and you're like, oh, my God, maybe we're finally going to get to see a modern-day Assassin's Creed where you're going to be going around New York City or something like that. And essentially, then, then they're going to be like, well, what we're going to do for the modern day, we're going to invent this brand-new thing where you're going to shoot webs out of your hand, and um, we're going to call you Spider-Assassin. <laughs> you know, or something like that. I was like, how are they going to pull modern day off? How are you going to jump across from buildings, you know, and feel like an assassin? So I felt like what they're doing now of going back – to the, the to the beginning of the brotherhood in general i feel like egypt is such a a perfect setting man it's so perfect i mean the first time i climbed those pyramids i was just like i teared up man it was it was like wow and then just sat on top of that pyramid and and just looked at the the beautiful lighting the the i mean the uh what do you call it the the draw distance right was so far i mean i could see you know places that i couldn't even i mean that were way way over there that i couldn't even get to yet or at least in the demo the demos that we played but you could see it and it was all there and you could see people moving around and uh, i mean it was so beautiful and I, oh i love mm. it every time i see the open world it just looks just yeah incredible and seeing people like climb pyramids or something i'm like oh jeez so much more Christ. color than the previous games too Mm, yeah, it looks I don't know like if you've noticed beautiful. that, but like uh, Syndicate had a, in my oh, opinion, brown. had a very so uh, pale, you know, yeah, the palette was very darker, wasn't as, as colorful. And now I feel like, uh, I mean, it was so, I don't know, I was amazed and I, I had a big chuckle just the first time when I went through this field of, of corn and then I see Bayek's hand go up. As he <laughs> the like gladiator, and I was oh, like, God. "Oh my God, that is amazing!" And I stood that there is. and I just slowly moved my character, just slowly pressed him forward while I faced the camera to his face, and I was just like, "Yep, I'm a badass." Russian <laughs> porn. It's right. those little things, right? Those That's something that I think they've been doing a lot of in Origins. Breaking. Like with with um, there's another thing when if you jump from a high point, uh, if by by will limp for a little bit after yes, you've will. landed, which is something that i never expect from an assassin's creed game it seems like they're really sort of trying to nail those little things that matter like contextual yeah. things in and the environment and another thing you guys haven't seen which which i i can say is um so you guys know that there's obviously you can speed up daytime to night mm -hmm. yeah well the way that it works is depending on where you are it's going to have different animations it's going to have a different way of doing it so if you're out in the world and then you as of right now hold down the back button Mm -hmm. uh, it'll go up and it'll fast forward about 12 hours. There's no like specific time you can set, but it'll fast forward about 12 hours. 
um, and you just watch everyone like everyone around the world because you can still see the world. Everyone around the world just kind of moves super fast, like boats moving fast. Every, you see everything is still being moved in the world. Mm-hmm. So all it, it really is speeding up time as opposed to just um, kind of all of a sudden bringing you to the nighttime. So you're actually seeing people run their patterns, run their work, <laughs> going home, going to go eat, going to go do different things. You see all of that in the span of a 12-hour period when you fast forward. But if you are underneath something, like if your character himself is like sitting under something where you can't, the camera can't pan out, right? Mm -hmm. Because it would glitch or something like that or it would have to, you know, go through the, go through the the ceiling or something. Um, What it does is it centers around Bayek meditating and he gets into his meditative state and he like sits there Indian style and I, and you just, you just watch him like be in complete peace. And I just thought that that was really cool how there was like a different way of, of seeing, you don't see that meditation Mm. when you're out in the world, you see it when you are, when you're meditating inside somewhere or under a canopy or something like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's what this is what I've been talking about, James. You and I have talked about this for years now, right? Mm-hmm. Those little, little, little things, things, little things separate. Little things are important. A, yeah, a great game from, an, or a good game from a great game, or a great mm-hmm. game from an amazing legendary game. It's the smallest little details in the characters and the gameplay. It's what made to me Horizon Zero Dawn one of the you know greatest games, if not the best game of this era of video games. Um, same with Uncharted Four, you know. That's what I expect from you yeah, know, and it's also yeah. just just standing there, just like literally standing there, leaving your character for, you know, a few seconds. Uh, obviously, Sinu is going to come and and sit on your, uh, uh, sit on your hand, and you're going to move around with her. And uh, it was really cool. You like kind of got a sense of the relationship that they have when you just mm-hmm. leave the game alone, and let That's everything cool. just kind of happen. You know, it felt really unique and cool. And I'll answer answer a question that uh, a lot of people have asked me um, on my channel. And maybe you guys know about this, but a lot of people have asked me because they care about the underwater. They're like, can you fight underwater? Can you do all that stuff underwater? Mm -hmm. Yes. You have full, except for you can't do uh, an arrow. (laughs) You can't. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What? That's that's bullshit. You're going to get you're going to go up against enemies that are underwater. You're going to go up against, uh, you know, the animals and things like that that are chasing you underwater and all that stuff. And yes, you can go up against them and, and fight enemies underwater. So yeah, I remember uh, just it was after e th- after the Ubisoft E3 press conference when they demoed it live for about half an hour. I remember being amazed by everything. And then he went into the water. He like killed a hippo. And then, like, the blood, like, came out of the animal and, like, went into the water. And then you saw all these predator animals in the water come, like, swarm to the blood. And I was like, this yep. game. This game, man. And there are a lot so of good. animals. A lot of animals. Way more than what you've seen. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. So, it, they, each region is like, you know, they've, what they've done is they've taken a lot of things from Far Cry Mm-hmm. and put it into the game so you know how far cry always had your specific regions of this is where you're going to find this specific animal and this is you know mm-hmm. things like that they've done a lot of that so you're you're going to be able to go to specific areas obviously to craft the items that you need one of the coolest things that i that i saw was the fact that you can pin crafting things to your map so like if let's say i only wanted to focus on um 
I only wanted to focus on up, upgrading my hidden blade, right? Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted to focus on was upgrading my hidden blade. Well, there's two specific things you need to upgrade your hidden blade. You can pin those so that everywhere you go, um, you see these two specific items uh, that you need, and it shows the emblems of the items. It doesn't show you where the items are because that would be too easy, right? But mm -hmm. it shows you the emblems. So when you go around and discover the world and see things and open up and you send you to, you know, to, you know, do your uh, synchro synchronization and all that stuff. And, and, and once the world opens up and all that, then you kind of get the area of where you need to go to get that specific item. I thought it was so cool. Like if I wanted to sit and focus on one thing that mm -hmm. the game helps me to focus on that one thing instead of just, you know, trying to remember it myself because it shows up on the actual thing. Mm, yeah, that's very similar to Horizon when you like you could if you wanted to craft like a specific bow You'd be like uh, I, I want this so you like hold square or whatever and it like creates a job So then within yeah. the world you can then the game will just sort of be like okay So this is where this animal might be and then you go there you hunt it find exactly. it kill it craft it and, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool Games are just getting really I mean they're there's only so much more we can do with graphics that they're, I think gameplay is finally starting to really, really kind of catch up a little bit. Mm, uh, they're really trying to starting to come out with a lot more interesting things for people to be able to do. And I never felt at, at any time during my sessions that it wasn't fun for me to do specifically what I was doing. It, it, even if, if I, even if I was purposely dying just to see, you know, certain things, it, it felt mm -hmm. fun to do it. In terms of, I want to talk about story with you guys. So, <clears throat> in terms of the way the story works in Bayek as a character, what is it for you, Chris, that stands out with Bayek maybe compared to other characters or this story compared to other stories in the franchise? From what you've played of the few missions, I'm sure they've done um, yeah, well, the, in those sessions. The, the, the biggest thing is, um, and I think the biggest connection you're going to get is you're going to get the sense of this story is just not about Bayek. It's not just Bayek. It's, this is Bayek and, and Anya's story. This is them together. You'll never, ever feel that this is just Bayek's story. This is literally them. Like, this is how the brotherhood is being created, mm -hmm. right, from scratch. So because of that, that's the biggest story stuff that I think is going to be out of this because – like as far as as cutscenes and story missions, I mean, we've only done, you know, in my three playstations, I've only done, uh, I want to say maybe a total of four, four main missions, and those okay. were honestly just small time missions, nothing that was, um, like heavy heavy story related, except for the first time that we met, you know, Anya in the first uh, in the the Memphis demo that we played. Mm -hmm. When we finally got to see her and, and talk with her and stuff like that, um, there was another cutscene that I that I mentioned that we saw that I can't you know really say any specific things about, but again, it the characters really shine when they're both together. It seems like what they're trying to do is they're like I said, this is not necessarily Bayek's story. It's not necessarily you know his wife's story. This is their story and and everything that evolves after that. So I feel like once you're going to be done playing this game, you're going to get a sense of this is how it all began. And I think that's going to help either 
help you to fall in love with the character or if you're not going to like it then it's just going to piss you off you know but i i feel like <laughs> it's going to be uh i feel like it's going to be good because i i feel a very very human relatable connection with both of them so far from That's what good. i've seen of both of them you'd think there'd have to be you know something is polarizing as the assassin order through history and from what we've played of it it makes a lot of sense you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense that it would just be one guy you know what i mean like mm. there has to be some sort of human connection to it because it's a very human-based exactly sort and of you're going to play multiple characters you're not just going to play as bayek now i can't say anything more than that but you're going to play multiple characters <laughs> oh the <laughs> so, tease the dick yeah. tease <laughs> and i also i also think and i don't know for sure but I also really think that we're going to get a chance to um, to go outside of Egypt. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides the modern day. So, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying this. And this is like no spoiler or anything. And you I just, just feel just like it. A feeling from what I've seen and uh, from what I've played, it's just a feeling that I get that you're going to be able to, to do this because I feel it kind of has to do this in a way. Like – I feel yeah, we're going well, to certain historical figures. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially with in, Caesar, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. In a sense, would you think it's something like, whether it's through story or whether it's some sort of side thing, and this is what I thought about in this time period as well, a side activity that's similar to the – in Brotherhood, the Leonardo da Vinci War Machine missions where you leave Rome and you go mm -hmm. to these, like, pretty significant areas in Italy, right? And uh, you have a big mission there, and it's a quite an expansive area. You you like play through some of it's yeah. a bit on rails, but you know it's a pretty expansive area they've built. So it would be something like if there's a major battle or something that goes on in history. I think it'll or... definitely have to do with major battles and stuff like that. Uh, it just feels it just everything that I was playing just you know on all my sessions just really felt like um, they Ubisoft really does a great job at sometimes surprising people with extra little things because in pretty much every game. Um, you've went outside of just one map area. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in, uh, in, in Syndicate, you went to World War um, I, mm -hmm. right? And then in uh, Unity, you went all over. You went to like 1890s. Well, yeah, um, instead of this, because, you know, Unity was in the 17s, you went to like uh, future Paris, and then you went to other places like that, Um I feel yeah. like that's going to happen again. I feel like they're going to keep that going, and, and you're going to be able to see something outside of Egypt that that's going to help bring a connection to maybe some other um, brotherhood elements related to that. Mm. Oh, that just so makes exciting. you excited. I mean, it's we're like, what is it? It's the, you know, we're doing this on the 28th uh, right now. And, um, well, for you guys, it's the 29th for some of you, I guess. Um, yep. Because mm -hmm. we're all in different parts of the world here, mm. and <laughs> it's so close. It's so close that ah, it's just like when I was when I was playing this last session, I just there was a there was a story element that um, that we could play, but there was also a story element that we could play, but we couldn't record. They didn't want anyone to see it. Okay. I refused to play it, and normally I will play it in any other game. Like if I go to an event or something like that and they say you can play but you can't record, I'll always play because I'm a gamer. Like even if I can't show you the gameplay, I want to play it so I can get my own perspective on it and talk about it. Mm -hmm. But this was the one time that I felt like I did not want to play it. I did not want to play it because if it was that important 
that it, they didn't want people to see it story-wise. I wanted to wait until I had the full experience in my hands and that I could be, I could go through it and have that connection instead of waiting, you know, to see some big story element and then having to wait, a, wait a month before I can, you know, talk about it or I, I no, not when it comes to story, story is so important to me that I wanted to, uh, so I, I didn't do that specific mission. There was like one mission, story mission that we could do one big one. And then the second half, um, we could play, but we couldn't record. I didn't want to do the second half just because I just felt like, ah, oh, I, I got to wait. I got to wait until it comes out so mm-hmm. I can experience it all in one just, you know. Makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I got that. You don't want to totally spoil stuff for yourself. Did exactly. you see? I'm a gamer just like you guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not just here to make videos and make money or whatever. Obviously, I do it for a living, yes. But I'm here because I love playing video games and yeah, I love so. showing off how awesome video games can be and sometimes how ugly video games can be. Do you think that uh, – oh, I was going to ask this one. I had a question. Yeah, so with the side activities, there's a couple of side activities I'm interested in. Did you at all at any point touch the Juno events or anything like that? In Assassin's Creed Origins? Yes. Yeah, that's a yes. That's a song. That that is a. It's getting late, guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've asked one of the NDA questions. Oh, okay. We always do this every time. We can't help ourselves. We don't. There is nothing we can say about anything that has to do with anything, anything, anything about anything. About anything. About anything. 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 Other than the last nine minutes of talking about everything, but. But uh, uh, there, I will yeah, tell you this: we there don't know so, where the line is until we until we cross it. That's the thing. Yeah, there's so many Easter eggs that you guys are gonna see that are really fun. They've done a they've really went out of their way to really make you feel like, hey, we're only here because of what we've done in the past because of all the other Assassin's Creed games. So you're gonna get a lot of really really cool Easter eggs, um, and really really cool things um, from past games and stuff like that. Um, which I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy. You know, legacy outfits are going to be there and all that stuff, uh, and they're they're trying to implement it in a way that's going to be that's going to make sense, even though legacy it really missions. doesn't. Legacy missions. Let's legacy have like let's have some like, legacy missions. Let's let's do some legacy. Let's missions. do that. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> legacy. James is obsessed. I'm not sure. Never if you gonna, never gonna give it up, even when the game's out. Never gonna give it up. We just didn't DLC. find it. It's in there somewhere. We just didn't find it and never will. But it's in there. I promise you, no matter what. It, it's like Kingdom Hearts three. People are convinced that next year Kingdom Hearts three is gonna come out, and I'm just like, you're all falling for the fake globalist <laughs> conspiracy that the Democrats just want you to, want you to fall for. It's just, you're going to fall for well, it Well, a lot again. of people don't even know that Half-Life 3 is, Half-Life 3 has been out for like three years and then no one even, <laughs> you know, recognized it, you know. <laughs> Alien Colonial Marines was Half-Life 3 and <laughs> oh, it just no. blew everybody away. <laughs> uh... <laughs> See, this is it. They did the opposite, Valve did the opposite that the Square Enix is doing because they didn't advertise it as Half-Life 3 whereas Kingdom Hearts 3 is being advertised when it's never coming out. It doesn't exist. It's a false flag. <laughs> it's a it's false. false flag Well, because Hil- Hillary Clinton is a lizard and she planted <laughs> charges. Yeah. <laughs> Please I, go on. That's, is that... You've, I don't know how you figured this out but wow, someone finally figured it out. It's, this is a real connection here. 
And all I'm saying is... We've got real and serious here, bros. This is all real talk now. (laughs) This is all real talk now. I'm just saying, Hillary's a lizard. (laughs) It's true. Uh, And see, that's why I just love love playing games. So I just stick, like, all this political bullshit. I I, Screw that. You're never going to see ever a political issue topic that I will discuss on the internet because it's a recipe for disaster when it comes to... Because everyone has, like... So many different opinions. Everyone, some people love Trump. Some people hate Trump. Some people love Hillary. Some people hate her. You know, I mean, everyone always has different opinions. And that's what's great about the internet is it, it allows you to voice your opinion. But it also allows you to hide behind a wall. And sometimes that can create monsters. Um, that's but, why I think it's great to just make fun of both of them and just have a laugh. <laughs> yeah, there you, you know? go. <laughs> yeah, try to be even. You know, make it equal. You know, as, lo- as long as we're having fun. As long as you're not, not you know not actually hurting someone physically just have a bit of a laugh like I'm, I don't think Hillary Clinton's listening to this like how's he know I'm illicit like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well I was going to send her this podcast but I don't know if I should now you know but the problem was I was going to send it over email so it would have been leaked anyways <laughs> that's true that's true you can't you, you can't you yeah. can't do that yeah. that's tough that's Classic. tough that's alright do you know I, I had a friend um, I went to his apartment and I'm like, thank you, thanks so much. I appreciate that. I've worked you had a friend. You heard it here. I, I called. Yeah, I, I went through a website. It's findafriend.com. <laughs> uh, and I went to his place, and I wanted to use his Wi-Fi. And he's like, yeah, just this is the password. So I went. I'm like, which one's your Wi-Fi? And and I look at all the Wi-Fi names, and it's Hillary Clinton's private email server was the name of his Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I'm like, that's hilarious. That's great. That's good. Oh, political memes. Yeah. What a laugh. So let me ask you guys a couple of questions. Sure. Um, Let's turn this interview around. Uh, What? Okay, we'll start with James here. What, James? What is your, what is your first of all, all all-time favorite game? All-time favorite game. All time. You have ten seconds. It's it's it depends on the day, but it's normally either Skyrim or The Witcher 3. One or the other, depending on the day. I don't know. What, what makes that your all-time favorite? I, I, some, it's magic. It's just the magic. I, the I, magic in the game, right? I didn't it, know there was, there was magic. Okay. The, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's magic the... Is real. It's, magic is real. It's the... I think it's with things like... There's a lot of games you can play where you can... You play a game and you have a good time with the game, but you can... You can tell that you're playing a game, but with Skyrim and The Witcher, I think those are two games and two times where I've been able to play it, and there's points where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm playing a video game. Completely forgot, because they're just they're just so good. I love them so much. Yeah. And I had that experience not with Skyrim, but I had that experience with um, uh, the one before it, shit. I'm, I'm drawing uh, Oblivion. Oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. right? And that experience I had was when you for the first time you you got out past the dungeon or past the prison mm-hmm. and uh you could go to this area that had an arena like a gladiatorial arena mm, yeah and you could go through stages of fighting enemies and then you get to the very end stage and you've got the boss guy in front of you you could do a side mission mm-hmm. that would allow you to defeat the boss it'll allow him to spoiler alert <laughs> uh make him give up right and not want to fight you mm-hmm. because you did something good for him or whatever you helped him out or, or whatever and that moment of going through the gladiatorial arena was like so amazing like skyrim those kind of games oblivion uh elder scrolls 
and The Witcher 3, I mean, you could say the same thing. It's like the stories that they create are so mesmerizing. Mm. And what's great about them is you don't, for me, it's like you said, you feel like you were, like, for me, it's like, I don't feel like I'm playing a game. I feel like I'm a part of the game. Like I'm, mm. I'm in it. Like yeah. this is my new world, right? We all play games to escape the mundane reality of our boring lives sometimes, mm. right? I want to go to ancient Egypt because I'm sitting, uh, I'm tired of sitting here at a desk playing game after game. So I erase myself into that specific game. And I don't think of myself as a YouTuber or as anything like that. I am, I'm Bayek. I am the person that I'm playing. I'm inside that game. I try to immerse myself as much as possible. And yeah, I will sure. definitely agree that, that, that those games, uh, like The Witcher, Skyrim, and, and for me, Oblivion, were just completely amazing. All right, Tyler, Foster, Australian for beer. What is your favorite <laughs> game in the same question? Um, so... Yeah, I'll give you just straight three because I'll tell you a lot about me. Number one, Skyrim. Two, Red Dead Redemption. Three is Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, so why um, why that order? Uh, it, it, it was real tough for me. I think Skyrim's just done the most uh, for me in terms of like, like you were talking about immersion, right? Like it's a world. It's To me, I'm just like, I'm in Skyrim. I'm so invested in the not just my like a character that I made, right? It was just like in the world I was playing in, like the believability of it. The fact that I played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in it, and I'm not done with it. I you can know, see I can, why you two are friends now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Red Dead to me is the greatest um, narrative in a singular game. Would you say Red Dead opinion. is better than all of Rockstar's other games? Yes, I'd agree as well. By yeah, far. by far. The, the best storyline in any video game I've ever played, like a standalone, right? Like, sure, there's Red Dead Redemption 2, but it's not like John Marston's story. Like, it's a standalone story. And the reason, that makes it, the reason it makes it so great is because I guarantee you not a lot of, maybe some, but not a lot of people expected what would happen at the end of the game. And that's a game that I refuse yeah. to spoiler. But uh, yeah. not a lot of people would expect that type of ending. And just what the and the end game stuff and the after game stuff. It's exactly. it's something unique and special. And I I kind of mm. hope it they do. I don't I don't want to say like I hope they do the same thing in two, but I kind of hope they do for a certain reason. You well, know, two is is setting itself up as a prequel. You know, you're going to be a part of uh, of Dutch's gang. Mm. Well, yeah, it doesn't look gang. like. Do you want to do you want to get into this now then? Um, because Red well, Dead I'm all about two, segways. Segwaying to Red Dead Redemption two trailer that just came out. Um, yeah, so the, fu the funny thing about the trailer is um, I, I've been working for the Army all day, and then I, I looked on my YouTube feed or my Twitter, and I saw that the, the trailer was out because I knew it was coming out today, and I was like, shit, why do I have to work today where I'm not next to my computer so I can you know, put stuff out about the Red Dead? And um, I literally went out of my way to try to do whatever I could so I can get that trailer up on the channel because I'm such a huge Red Dead Redemption fan just like you, and – We've been waiting for so long uh, just, just yep. to see, like, mm. some story elements. And I still feel like, I don't know. They didn't show like much. Yeah, they didn't show much, but I still feel like they're waiting for something. Like, like they're, I think we're going to see John. I really do. But I yeah, think no, they're waiting that. until, like, mm. the very end of the promotional stuff before they actually show him. Um and of course, the setting just looks great. So, what were your guys' thoughts on the trailer? Oh, it looked fucking great. I was because it uh, it came out like a couple minutes early, 
uh, from what it was meant to, it was like three minutes early. And so I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh God, this is, it's, I wasn't even ready. And I mean, I just thought it looked great. Like uh, visually, it looks great. Like, the, like insanely way better than like Grand Theft Auto Five. Do you and, feel that um, what they showed was actually in game? Yeah, for sure. It's. I mean, I think there's some yeah. uh, post stuff on there, like with any trailer. So I mean, yeah. trailers are always going to look slightly better, but obviously it wasn't like CGI. Like it was in engine for sure. Um, there was a few facial things that I was like, "Holy crap!" If that really looks like that, that is amazing. True. Well, I think if Uncharted Four showed me anything, it's that games can look unbelievable, like actually unbelievable, but mm. it's actually in game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can guarantee you, Red Dead Redemption is going to be thirty frames a second, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, probably most likely. It's yeah, not going to be definitely. 60. Yeah, no, which I'm, I'm okay with because yeah, I enjoy I'm the Uncharted series, and that's thirty. I mean. I'm not a I'm not a FPS whore, you know. I don't. Yeah, I don't exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just I just want a smooth gameplay, but I can tell you it's very jarring sometimes going from a 30 FPS game to a 60 FPS game. But the trailer, like, it looked amazing. What did you think of it, Tyler? I mean, I was a bit sad at first, just purely because I think when I found out it was a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, I was like, if you don't, if we're not playing as John, I'm going to be so upset. And, you know, it's cl pretty clear that at the very least the main protagonist of this game is not John Marston. Uh, who's How do we know that? Favorite... I thought the trailer didn't really show us at all who we were playing. I think they, I think they, they, I think, well, well, one, in the tags of the video, it had the, the protagonist's name. What's his name? Arthur Morgan? Arthur Morgan. Yeah, Arthur and I'm, Morgan. I'm pretty sure they, they there's an article about it as well. It's the okay. story of the outlaw, Arthur yeah. Morgan and mm. the Van, Vandalind... Gang, um, yeah. The yeah, Dutch Vandalind gang, as they rob, fight, and steal their way across the vast and rugged heart of America in order to survive. Now, I felt like Arthur Morgan wasn't like let's say uh bill williamson or javier Suela or john mars in the sense of like their proteges of dutch it's almost like it's like his brother like not like his actual brother like but like best friend mm -hmm. you know what i mean where he's not he's not being told what to do he's just with he's with dutch like yeah. like as equals but he does his own thing as well yeah yeah i i mean to me i feel that it's possible you work with his gang, of course, but I don't think you're necessarily part of the gang the way that, like, John Marston was or any of the yeah. other members. I don't feel like we're a member of the gang, but we work with them sometimes, but we're sort of our own our own guy who does his own thing. That's the way it sort of seemed to me. Well, I asked okay. the question, though, why is it called Red Dead Redemption 2? Like, you can have a prequel and just call it Red Dead, I don't know, uh, Revolution, Red Dead, whatever. They could have called it uh, Red Dead Demption. <laughs> Red Dead, you know, the you know, yeah, that's it. Like you could call it anything, but you know, when you put redemption in it, mm, like, I guess it's the just thing. the franchise name. I think name what now. sets it apart and makes it different is if you've noticed the thumbnail for Red Dead Redemption Two first trailer was a two. Yeah, now it's the like new the new one is a Roman, Roman numeral, mm. and what that means is if you go back to ancient Egypt and the symbols of Roman mythology and all of that stuff, and I'm just making shit up here, it means absolutely nothing. I have no idea why they did that. I, you know, 
Yeah. I thought we were searching something up so inside. I was really yeah, I was, yeah, I was looking forward to that, and you, you ruined yeah, it. You almost like the, the philosophical meaning behind changing the the the, the 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 number two to the Roman numeral two signifies that two people are going to get together and have a baby, and those two. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I was make really anything sound interesting. This almost let me down as much as not playing as John Marston, but not quite. As much. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 almost guaranteed positive John's going to be in there. I just oh, he'll hope be. that sure. I hope that he's like a big part of it. So I hope he's playable. Like, yeah, because he's. Mm. If there's ever a time to have multiple playable characters, it's just to make sure I play as John Must. Yeah, because I mean, th I I honestly don't think they should make a Red Dead Redemption game without his character because I felt like he's a part of the name, just because of how much they made you feel for this guy. You know, what a unlike character. unlike the Grand Theft Auto series where you're always playing a different guy, you know, I just feel like for some reason to me Red Dead Redemption, just it's like the the those two characters the, the the Red Dead and John have to be like interconnected, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. I mean, I feel like we might if I mean if they do a. I don't, I don't want to. I'm trying not to spoil the first game. Okay, let me let me. Let, let, I have another point. Maybe it's been eight years. I don't really care, but I still I don't want to spoil it. I, the I mean, I don't think John will play as because I think if we play as him in the story, he's gonna entirely overshadow any other characters. To me, what I thought was that he'll be in the game, but I was expecting possibly towards the end. Maybe he'll become part of the game, but I feel like I, it's one of them things. It's like when you throw a character like John Marston into a game that's a new story with a new character, he might overpower the game. So it's like then it's all about John, and then you're like, oh, now I just want to be with John all the time. Like I don't want to. Well, look like, at the interesting the thing that stuff. they could do, right? Because we all know that John is a character himself. If it's talking about a prequel, he wasn't necessarily a good guy because this mm -hmm. was back when. They were all just evil guys killing, murdering, and doing really bad things. So imagine if what you said was true and you're playing this guy and then eventually John joins and he's uh, kind of seeing the error of the ways of everyone, right? And then you and him kind of branch, I don't know, like maybe branch out and you see John going from like this. Um, I would, that's what, This is what I would have loved to have seen and seen him going from like this this guy who, you know, doesn't care about anyone and stuff, and then him finally realizing that, you know, he does have a heart and he can be a good character. And that, I think that would be a cool segue leading into Red Dead uh, Redemption 1. But, again, it's all speculation. You know, nobody knows anything. Well, this this guy certainly, this uh, Arthur Morgan certainly seems unique in the sense of, like, he looks like a cold-blooded killer. Like... The the mm. scene where he goes, um, maybe when your mother's done mourning your father, I'll keep her in black on your behalf. Like, yeah, that was like dark. I, I was like, like fuck, dude, that's, that's what a threat. Sick. Well, yeah. it, it's hard to sympathize with a guy in a game where you can literally go around and kill anyone you want. You know what I mean? It's it's like when you when you when when Rockstar's create its characters, it's like all of their characters are always on that line of their you know. They're good or evil, depending on what you do with the character. But I do agree with you. Obviously, there are some moments here he's he's going to be this this bad guy. And I feel like because of the way Rockstar makes games, there's no way they can make a good, good guy. It's just impossible because of the... I mean, John's uh, not a good, good guy. You're right. Of but course. he's certainly a sympathetic guy. 
yeah, he changed. He, he, he saw, you know, the things that he did. And obviously family has a, a big thing to do with that too, is that when you're, when you, when you have a family, then you start to realize that, you know, there's more important things out there than just killing everybody yeah. and robbing. I, I am, I am just saying he does look a lot like John. I'm just saying. So? He does look a lot. I'll tell you what, I actually thought it was John, and then I'm like, wait, that was Morgan. At the end, when he goes, I'm with you, I'm with you, Dutch. Yeah. Like, he literally looks like John. You think I know so? he's, obviously, he's obviously not John. He looks way older, right? But I'm just saying, like, he just looks a lot like him. It reminds me of him. He even said, I'm with you, Dutch, like John. I, I guess so. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that, but that. sure. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I he can't be his, he can't be his dad. We already know, like yeah, that's that John possible. doesn't know his father or anything. But it's just interesting. Yeah. I was like, I wonder why they they've done it. But I wonder what his he's going to be like, right? With um, this whole storyline, obviously with Dutch. I feel like this whole Dutch vandal and gang thing will be like the first third of the game because most Grand Theft Autos or the first Red Dead Redemption. This, the storyline, it's not just one storyline. There's kind of sections to it. Like Red yeah. Dead Redemption had, um, you had the New Austin section, then you had Mexico, then, yeah, um, West Elizabeth. And then in GTA, they kind of always have a bit of sections, right? And I feel mm. like the whole Dutch gang will be one section and this thing's going to take a turn. Like, we're not seeing much. I mean, look at the trailers for Red Dead Redemption 1. Did not, if you played the game and then watched those trailers, it just doesn't really, you know, tell you. And that's what really that's what Rockstar is really good at is they don't want to they don't spoil too much you know they they don't spoil too much of what the game the finished product is going to be and then that way when you play it you're really genuinely interested and surprised at everything you see. Hmm. What a good trailer! Just yeah. looks looks incredible. It was a good um, trailer. It was a fucking interesting. Trailer. They're doing a prequel though. I feel like there has to be a reason. You know what I mean? Probably because you they can't go any further story. forward. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, honestly, with, with as much as we and, love, yeah. as much as we love the John Marston character, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, where I would only expect it to be a prequel. I mean, if they yeah, wanted sure. to but, have, but I, I obviously knew it was going to go back. I obviously knew that. But what I'm actually, what I mean is, it had to go back, of course. No, what I mean is like. As a storyline, why is it a prequel to Red Dead Redemption One? Like they could have oh, just you mean done like as like in the, how is this the same storyline? Like, yeah, as in, this, this, a... this has to be related to the first game. If it's Because a, a prequel would mean, like, it's not just set before the this first game, just... it's directly narratively yeah. before the first game, yeah. It's about, yeah, what relates to the first game. It's not just, like, they could have just made, like I was saying, they could have just made Red Dead Revolution a bit of a game about whatever. It just Terrible in, name, but, but it's sure, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, some Red Dead Revelations. Um, <laughs> they could have... Um, they could have done whatever, you know. They didn't have to call it Red Dead Redemption Two. They could have just done any storyline, you know, in some, you know, the old West sort of days. But well, I'm they just didn't. hoping that YouTube doesn't make the game Red Dead Demonetization. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm hoping. I hope so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Red Dead Demonetization. <laughs> um, so I just—that's my biggest question of this whole thing—is why did they decide to tell the story of Dutch Vanderland's gang? Like, what does that matter? You hear about mm. it. There's a couple of events that are interesting, like in Red Dead Redemption 1. One of my favorite things to do while playing John's story is the stranger mission that's like you're talking to God or the devil or, you know, you're talking oh, like that, a ghost. Oh, yeah, that weird guy, yeah. 
And he's and he mentions some of the past events that John did, like their heist on a boat and killing some innocent woman, and like just and talking about things he's done. He's like, I know what you did, blah blah blah. And there's just like there are throwbacks to it that are interesting, but I'm like, but what is it about this storyline that's going to affect? Because it's the way it ends has to directly affect the events of the first Red Dead. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they will be directly related in some way. You'd think so. You'd think so. Unless they you do, would. like, Red Dead Redemption 3 is in between 2 and 1. Like, oh, how fucking I mean, I mean yeah, like, are they going to... Where are they going after Red Dead Redemption 2? Are they going to make a Red Dead Redemption 3? Is that, like, is the franchise now just Red Dead Redemption and they'll just throw a number on it? Or is the franchise Red Dead and this is 2 for a reason? I mean, I don't yeah, know. That's, like... that's what I'm concerned about, too. It's, like, because you had Red Dead Revolver, so... Then you have Red Dead Redemption. Obviously, you can change things up, but once you go Red Dead Redemption and then Red Dead Redemption 2, it's continuing that mm. specific storyline. That's what I think of it. But then again, you've got Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto 5. It's kind of continuing the storyline, but they're in different time periods, and some of the characters intermix. So it's if you look at Rockstar's past history... Uh, it, it's hard to say what really is the case here because they've done multiple different ways. So mm, That's true. We'll just have to wait and see. And, I mean, I trust Rockstar with what they're doing. Of course. I don't think they're going to do a bad job. So No, they're not. And I'm actually really excited, even though I played this game so long ago, I'm excited for the PS4 version that's coming out of L.A. Noir. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Oh. I'm interested to see what that's going to look like because obviously... It's just going to be upgraded. I mean, it's going to look the same because that game still looks like one of the games that could come out today. It does look pretty damn good. I mean, some of the face stuff is like, you face know, stuff is, pretty yeah. weird. <laughs> but, you know, it was great at the time. Like, at the time, that was insane. It was like, this looks this looks fucking real. But yeah, so I, love, I, I love that Noir. I love the Detective Noir stories, you know. Mm. They're so yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. Did you notice the bow and arrow in the trailer yes. as well? Yeah, looks like that'll probably be. I mean, every game's doing that now. <laughs> They're just like we gotta gotta include the bow and arrow. Yeah, even dual wielding um, revolvers and stuff. Mm. Like there was some. Yeah, some good additions. Interesting. Some, yeah, to sort of see uh, how the gameplay has changed. Because I mean, there's not obviously you, there's not a lot in those kinds of trailers where you can determine uh, gameplay because it's all sort of story stuff. But there's some things like with the bow and arrow and with the uh, revolvers and stuff. Um, that's like okay, so that's something they're doing. They're changing with the gameplay, so it's interesting so is, is to think what they're going to do with that. Is this supposed to take place like in the 1880s or something like that? Probably um, or the 1890s. You know, John it has to be there. 80s or 90s because I mean, I mean, you can't go too far back and have it pertain to what's supposed to happen. Dutch looks well, pretty John, John young. Well, John was what six, 16 when he joined Dutch, mm. and he was 36 when he died. Things happened. Um, <laughs> when he dyed his hair, I do remember yeah, he dyed his hair from that. Like, Look, wow. we know he died at some point. Yeah. It, yeah. you know, it didn't necessarily happen in the game. Oh fuck, dude! What's the big deal about a guy dyeing his hair, man? Are you one of those guys that just can't stand people who dye their hair? I can't. Don't. That'll, that'll, Tyler Foster, Australian for beers. You upset me. <laughs> Oh god. Alright. So what were you saying about wait, what were we talking about? Oh you were saying he was thirty six, alright, in Red Dead One. Right? 
So, so yeah, he said he was They'd have to go like 20. They could only go 20 years back. 36 when he dyed his hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people at that age dye their hair because they're looking for a change. You know, they're almost hitting 40. You that's know, true. They, they've got to think about well, themselves in a new manner. And back back in the early 1900s, you got to think about how important hair color was to society. Hair like color was. was very important. It really was. Yeah. It was all yeah. about the hair color. Did you think that voiceover that was like, um, that said something, uh, you're a wanted man, Mr. Morgan? It sounded like Edgar Ross. Oh, you said that on Twitter. I don't remember what Edgar Ross sounds like, so I can't comment. Okay. But It definitely sounded like Edgar Ross. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he was the one that was after the Vandalin gang in I mean, the first game. It wouldn't shock me at all that he was, you know, in his younger days involved with some of the crimes they committed. And like yeah, trying to hunt them this, down. At this early stage, it's hard to say because sometimes when you get you get actors that uh, are, you know, stick with certain companies and you That's just true. never You're right. know. You never know. There could be anyone. Yeah. That's true. But it'd be I'd interesting. I'd like to see some, you know, return characters that... You know, if um, Iris showed up, I would laugh so hard. Like, there's some of those funny Red Dead Redemption characters that are just great. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, we've got Dutch in the, yeah, in, the in the trailer. I so hope the not... zombies return. I think that would make sense. The, the okay. zombies. But bring it to the main game. That's the main story. It takes yeah, a turn. And then okay. zombies show up. Red oh. Undead Redemption. <laughs> and that is when... That is when uh, the men in black showed up and erased everyone's memories once the zombies were di had died. And they yes. forgot the zombie apocalypse and, you know, Arthur Morgan died from that event and John Marston forgot that was his dad. You know, he <laughs> thought his dad was him. That's all I'm saying. And then he, then he went and dyed his hair a few years after that. Yeah, a few years after that. It was that, a sad like... moment too, man. When he dyed his hair, I mean, I was tearing up. It was <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But he did it for his family because he didn't want his family to be, you know, he, he didn't want his family to be typecast with with his hair collar, you know, like running around, you know. I mean, how would you feel if, you know, you got these FBI agents coming after you because you've got certain hair collar, you know, and he was just trying to help his family. He wanted his family to be safe by changing his, you know, his hair. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. I mean, I would recommend he did I it. A haircut, you know? change of clothes, but he just thought. Let's yeah, and then years cut. later, years later, I mean, um, you know, he, he just died uh, of black his son. Red. Years later, his son wanted to do the same thing for the FBI agent. He wanted him to dye his hair, you know, and show him how it was like when his dad dyed his hair, you know, back in the <laughs> yeah. day. Like, how dare you treat my father like that and make him, you know, uh, make him dye his hair, you know? I know. Yeah, I know. It it really killed me inside seeing yeah. seeing what what had to happen to all those all those characters and to see, you know, Jack Marston years later really make someone else die. Yeah, I mean there was hair. blood all over the floor because well what I mean it looked like blood, but it was red dye because he dyed his yeah, hair no, red. It, yeah, so <laughs> I mean it, it was That's where know. the title comes from. Red yeah. Dead Redemption. Red yeah, Dyed yeah. Redemption. Red yeah. Red Dyed Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not many people understand the, the nuances of, of this franchise like we they do. Don't. This is a real in-depth analysis and look exactly. at the truth. Mm. This is Salty. This is hard-hitting journalism right here, folks. Well, someone's got to do it. We're dealing with so much fake news, right? We've got to give them truth. We've got to give them real news. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I saw just something classic clickbait um, on Facebook was Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer drops and release date. I'm like, no. There was no, no release, release date. No. It was release window. Spring is a three-month period. Which we already period. knew about oh, no, anyway. No, no, Spring, if you, if you take the word spring and you put it into an anagram uh, uh, demoralizer, what it does is go. it comes up with this number, and this number is an exact date, and that's <laughs> okay. what they got from. I mean, this is uh, real stuff here. <laughs> okay. Okay. I well. Okay. That's um. That's yep. All right. Uh. <laughs> if you take the S, the P, the R, the I, and the in 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 the G, and then you um, turn them upside down, it's you know it's just like when you spin a record backwards, and the 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 blood of Satan will you know like a Chicago <laughs> record. Sure. Yeah. No, True. that makes a lot of sense. You yeah, guys don't get you don't get that reference, do you? Oh. Yeah, no, might be. You guys are probably a little bit too young for that reference. <laughs> yeah, it's lost on me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Watch Little Nicky. Okay. I'll add it to my list. I'll get back I'm to you. I'm trying to find... Have we got any new details after this trailer's been released? Red Dead? Mm, no, don't think so, actually. Yeah. I think what we got was his name, that he'll be uh, with the gang. I don't think we got too much. But although someone did notice, you know the map we got leaked uh, a while back? Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's new information from this trailer uh, legitimizing the map because um, there was a there was an icon in the center of the map that said Cornwall, uh, and there's a train in the trailer that says has Cornwall written on the side of it. So wow, people have taken that. Been that like, map oh, was so enormous, and it had part of the old map in it too. You do a lot of videos where you analyze trailers. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. oh. that would that would blow right by my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It's interesting, and like that map was huge, and it has some of the old mapping. Like you've got tall trees and stuff um, in that map. So did you say toiletries? To what? <laughs> it sounded like you said they've got toiletries. <laughs> what? Why would I say that? I don't, I don't know, I swear. Rewind people and tell me if it doesn't sound like he said toiletries. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> but probably not. Um, but that's something we got. But other than that, no news. No news on the... Uh, I tell you, game. a game that I'm really excited for, Spider-Man, PS4. I am as well. Tyler's not, though. I don't no, think. That shit. That's okay. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, okay. Just think of it as yep. Assassin's Creed modern day. Yeah, that sounds. That awful. makes me want to get it less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that makes> I... <laughs> uh... <laughs> now I might not this get it. This conversation didn't go how you thought I was going to go, did it, Chris? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just try to change it up every now and then, and uh, it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> I hope you get that reference. I got it. I got it. Okay, good. Oh. <laughs> uh... Okay. I'm reading. I'm now. I'm just like stuck on articles, like of what you missed in the Red Dead Redemption Two trailer. There's an alligator. Is one of the five things. Definitely that didn't missed. miss that. It was right wow. there. Like there's an alligator. Hints there was pies. grass in the trailer. I swear I saw it. I can't <laughs> pinpoint exactly when it was in there, but that Most grass had five million polygons. That's the. That's what they're pushing. That's the whole game. Just, yeah. Truly amazing. Even better, here's the here's a fifth one. The okay. the article's been building towards it. Horse anatomy. <laughs> I'm sorry. How is that okay? People will do anything to get a few views. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, you know. Um 
I mean, that's what I was thinking about. I was just like, well, we get to see a bit more of the horse anatomy in this trailer. As you see, um, the muscle textures have been developed. Anatomically um, correct. It looks anatomically correct. I'm waiting to see a horse breeder come in just to, uh, you know, legitimize that claim. But uh, it looks certainly like it. New way. This is the worst top five. And there's an alligator. This is it. I'll read just the five. The main character feels like he's going to die. New I'm weapon. sorry, I'm does, sorry. Does he feel like he's going to dye his hair? Just like John Marston <laughs> did? Yeah, he feels like he's going to die. Why does everyone sorry, have to dye know. their hair? He, he feels like he's going to die. Whoa. The main character feels like he's going to dye his hair. Number two, <laughs> new weapons. Number three, there's an alligator. Number four, hints of ice. Number five, horse anatomy. What That's the, the fuck? Worst. Is this a polygon article? What the fuck is it's... this shit? Polygon oh, is. I'm sorry. I've met those guys. Oh my god, man. Polygon is no, an interesting I like company. I do like Dude, I don't know if you've seen Cuphead, like the game, or I've looked at it at yes. all. Yes. It's a really, yes. really cool game. It's finally coming out. But there's uh, some, and it's not Polygon. Usually it's Polygon, but there's a uh, a guy who played it and couldn't get past the tutorial oh my level god. the first level. I saw that. Jesus oh Christ. And Polygon themselves, I've seen so many videos of them like just not being very it's good awful. at the video it's games. So, it's so oh, it drives me crazy. It's like you have the best job in the world when you get to put out this stuff and, and invite it to all these events. At least show no, some game, love, like... you know? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. But no, it's the game's fault, you see? And the game <laughs> oh, of course. Bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard of a guy named DSP. Mm, nah. Nah, what? definitely not. What? But no. Oh my god, did I just change your life forever? Uh, okay, maybe. Maybe, possibly. Wow. I just changed... This is going to be the moment, everyone, that Tyler and James' life has changed okay. forever. Right. Okay. Go well... and look up. This is how you don't play. Just okay. type in this is in YouTube. And I think YouTube will do the rest. Okay. Let's have a look. <laughs> is it DSP Gaming? Is that the channel? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Okay, All I can on. recommend is this. When you guys get off here, okay? I don't mean literally get off. Please don't. <laughs> you get off here. Because he it did might that happen. Look, don't discriminate. It might happen. He did that on camera. He got off while he was live streaming and didn't realize he was live streaming. And he was getting off. The but that's okay. besides the point. All right. That's just that's one of his different. many awesome talents. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Is this a series? Because it looks like there's multiple videos where it's like, this is how yeah. you don't play. Well, the people that oh, do no. this is how you don't play, they take his videos and then they put them all together in a mashup of how not to play a game. That's amazing. And it's you so need, what you need to do is you, when you're like ready for bed or, or you've got a few hours – Put them, put them on the TV and just watch the this is how the best one for you to watch, I think, would be this is how you don't play Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay. MGS3. This is how you don't play MGS3. If you just watch that, even the first 10 minutes of it, you will oh you will have a new love for YouTube. You'll have a new respect for YouTube. I mean, I've gotten through many nights of just being, you know, like not necessarily being sad, but just like be like, oh, you know, sometimes YouTube sucks, sometimes, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I go and watch this guy, and then immediately I feel like I'm the king of the world. I can take on any adventure <laughs> and succeed. So well, it's a very good pick-me-upper. 
We do a thing on here called KCC Reacts where sometimes we'll just watch a video. Obviously, it's an hour and a half long, but maybe you can watch the first like two minutes of the video together and have you a You should, laugh. you should. I'm telling you, I bet you, you the audience would love it too because, I mean, I've watched James' stuff a lot and I know that uh, I think that he uh, or that would fit in with what he does. I think that the audience would really enjoy watching that type of reaction stuff. I mean, it's it's really super funny. And I mean, the I don't have any problems with the guy, but he's just one of those guys that um, he's absolutely fun to watch just in the wrong ways, but it's really entertaining, but it's just not the entertaining he was hoping for. <laughs> just That's, watch. I promise you. I let's promise watch the first two minutes right now. Let's watch the first two minutes right now. All right. We Which do it on the podcast. We do this reaction on the podcast. I just put the metal. I just put in the chat here. <clears throat> the link to the Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh, how do you? How do you? Oh shit! Hold on. There we go. Okay. Right, so James uh, will get it up on the screen so people can kind of have a look, and then we I'll just count down, and then we all hit play at the same time, and then we just kind of like go from there. Maybe the first minute or two, just to give a tease of the people. I well, I mean, it's I mean, best. <clears throat> the thing is that he he talks for a long time for the very first minute. So it's a little uh, maybe if you want to fast forward it just a little bit. I mean it's uh All right, should we skip in some line? Where'd you recommend? Give us a time. Uh hold on, let me I'm going through it right now and I'll give you an exact time here. Okay. That okay. would be a good point for you guys. Okay. Now I'm you're excited. on you're on Metal Gear Solid 3, right? This is how you don't play from uh yeah. Evil AJ. Yes. So. yes yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That's that's the one you want cuz that's the one that's got all the views and I mean, I'm excited. It's got 1.7 million views, so <clears throat> I expect okay, this to this be is the perfect moment. All right. What's the timer on that? This is, this is great. So we're going to start at 24.15. All right. 24.15. And let me know when you guys are ready, and then – or you guys can say whenever we start. That's fine. All right. I am ready. Okay. I'm ready to go too. Tyler going to do the countdown? Yeah, I'll count us down. All right. Hit play in three, two, one. All right, synopsis here. He doesn't know how to equip a suppressor. So okay. the guy <laughs> is showing literally on the screen where it says how to equip the suppressor. Put on and off suppressor with A button. Okay. Pretty standard so stuff. Other, he's just literally showing us the the screen there. <laughs> it's like watching a Down syndrome child try to tie his shoes. The cluelessness and out of order. It's oh, so good. God. I love that comments pop up as like, this video is going on. Yeah, it shows all the comments that people put in this, as a specific video. I swear to God, I found one. I swear to God, oh I found God. one. Oh, God. I'm going to read some of these comments as we go through. Sometimes I think he does it on purpose. His stupidity has to be an act. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the audio listeners that can't see. Just realized Phil hasn't even spoken to Signet yet. Instead of the king of hate, he really should be calling the... That's a big-ass comment. That way. I want to see him try to shoot, try to shoot something. Oh, it's horrible! Like, and get mad because there's no suppressor working on it. 
Now, he literally took around five hours of the game before he figured out how to put a suppressor on his weapon. Now, this, you, now the reason I brought this up is because this is my forte. This is what I do. Mm, yeah. These games on the hardest difficulty, complete stealth. This is what I do. They're your shit. Yeah, this is your shit. Watch this. So does this hurt your feelings? It doesn't hurt my feelings. It just makes me realize that no matter how bad of a day you can have, if you put on a this is how you don't play video, it's gonna. It's like the first thing everyone should do every morning before they wake up. Oh you my know? god. Like a pick me upper. It's like oh my god. A, it can't get worse. How to be a YouTuber that like. There's a there's like series made by dozens of people about you. There's a whole gaming YouTube culture about your videos and how bad they are. So there's there's a section in this game, right? And I don't know if you guys have played MGS3 or not. Uh, no, but I haven't. There's, there's a section. This is a, an amazing game. This this is the best story ever made. The Metal Gear Solid series is like the best story period in the video game. At least in my in my opinion. That means really cool. But what's funny about this is. There's a section of the game where you're doing a sniper battle with a guy who's like 100 years old called The End, right? Mm -hmm. And it's completely that you have to literally try to stealth your way around, try to find out where he is, get up behind him, and then take him hostage and then take him out and kill him, right? Mm -hmm. It takes Phil around three, I want to say around two, maybe two, three hours to defeat this battle, this boss battle. Jesus. And it's just a boss battle. It's something that you can actually complete in five seconds. In five seconds. Because what you can do is it's all based off of timing. So let's say if you start this battle, right, and then you turn your game off or you set the game time period ahead, like uh, I want to say, you know, like a couple of days, like your internal clock of your PlayStation 3 mm -hmm. or PlayStation 2, um, you can come back into the game and then the end will die uh, and this is a stealth game right like this is a stealth specific game as yeah. well yeah yeah do you want to we'll pause the video all right um so this is a stealth specific game metal gear right and this guy's just running around like a fucking headless chicken just shooting everybody all the comments are popping up like this is supposed to be a stealth game you're not gonna be rewarded for running around like an idiot he's like why what 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 I'm like <laughs> well the guy also says a lot of dumb things he just he just uh he's got no filter but he's got also he has a hard time of respecting his audience and that's the thing that i think a lot of people go into is that uh uh oh you can even see my um look look at the comments down below in the video do you, oh God, do you see that well it says my top comment i put a comment in there four years ago on this video okay and <laughs> I said, I just wanted to say that this is the best video I have seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> going, I was going through the game at the time, and I, I, I saw this. And if you look to the right where it says all of the recommended videos, and he's got all those other This Is How You Don't mm -hmm. Play. And he's got This Is How You Don't Plays of Dark Souls, of every game you could think of that you would normally be able to get through, but he takes forever to get through. He's just not very good at video games. It's gotten so bad that he recognizes how bad he is at games, and he himself, because this is other people that made this This Is How You Don't Play series, and it's more popular on YouTube than his channel itself. That's depressing. So he started making This Is How You Don't Play videos. 
just so that he could make smart more money. business. Smart business. That's you true. can't be mad at that. That was very smart. No, 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 that was brilliant. But he spent the first like few years of it like just complaining like he hates Kojima, Hideo Kojima. Okay. He, if you actually watch the first five ten minutes of the video, he'll go on and say how Kojima is you know a, a worthless whatever you know and all this kind of stuff. And every single time he plays a Metal Gear Solid game. He goes on and says, oh, Kojima, you know, the controls are so bad. And, and we just watch him literally where it says, put, press A to put on your suppressor, and he can't figure it out for five hours. You know, I mean, then he blames the game. And it's he so posts so many videos. He posts like oh, 20 videos yeah. a day. Yeah. No, no, no. He's got th thousands and thousands of videos on his channel. He has 45,000 videos on his YouTube channel. That's insane. Yeah. That's, too, that's just too many. And he's, nobody he's been, him, but he's, he's been at the amount of subscribers that he's had for about four years, and he's only gained, oh, I think, maybe sad. a thousand or two. So oh, poor guy. People love watching him because of just how bad he does and how much of a, and and like I said, he's got a video out there where he started a live stream. He didn't know that he was live yet. He didn't know that mm -hmm. he had his camera on. Okay, so he was live, so he knew he was live, but he has like a a, a screen that comes up that says uh, live stream will start soon, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but he forgot that his camera was showing, so oh, Jesus. he's sitting there fapping <laughs> oh, on his live. You're actually stream. serious? I thought you were joking before. I thought that was a joke. No, I'm not joking. This is serious. This happened. And he's oh, sitting no. there fapping, and you you don't see him because the camera's pointed at his head, so you don't see his you know other head. Oh, that's, that's kind of worse, I think. Uh, it is worse because you see his expressions. Oh, and that's you awful. You know exactly when the money shot. Is oh, no. oh no! <laughs> you, you got to watch the video. You, it's not like you're <laughs> him, it's not like you're watching him, you know, do it. But you just got to watch the reaction videos that people have posted of it. When you see that that money shot, when you see that's the so uh, his reaction on his face, you know the crinkles in his face. Can we please do that now? I know that's fucked up, but can we please? Um, let me. Okay, yeah. Let me let me search it, and I'll uh, I'll put it in the the thing here. Hold on. Are uh, we gonna get demonetized for this? No, no, no because no. you don't see anything. You see James, nothing. Well, James, stop being that that guy. Right? They YouTube demonetized everything these days. Oh, who cares? You no, don't get I don't I don't I don't actually care. No, I don't really care. Okay, All right. okay. I'll make sure I get a really, really, really good one. Okay. <laughs> oh. Part of me okay, wants to yeah, think this, this guy does it on straight purpose. Straight to the point. Okay. Alright, here we go. So and it's okay. only a minute and fifty seven seconds. And All I'm right, gonna perfect. I'm gonna post Dude it. Works. Dude works quick, much respect. <laughs> All right, check your guys' uh, chat. Oh, God. All right. And I seriously go to sleep watching this guy because it's it's relaxing to me. I don't know why. This it's video so specifically? Don't yeah. okay. this... No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Not this one specifically. <laughs> it's, 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 this is how you don't play series. I never watch his videos. I watch mm -hmm. the people that make fun of him videos. Yeah, I do. All right, do so like we're gonna start this from the beginning. Uh, you guys can do okay. the countdown. <clears throat> All right, I'm ready. Press start in three, two, one. So he doesn't know oh, no. that his camera's on. 
So the stream started to think he's on the I love, I love how you can hear the PS4 home in the background. No, this is, I'll never be able to look at hear the PS4 home background music the same. Oh no! Oh my god! You can kind of like you, you people watching would be like, I don't know what he's doing. Is he doing what I think he's doing? Okay, and then you're like, yeah, yes. Oh yeah, that's oh, that's a disdainful look he's got on his face. Oh no! Oh for God's sake! <laughs> Oh, why? No. Why? Why? Oh, no, that head rolled back. Oh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is so bad. Why? <laughs> it looks just disdainful. Disdainful. Oh my god. He doesn't know his camera's on. How fucking stupid can you be at this point? How do you not know? He's close to the finish line. Oh, God. The thing is, like, the stream starts soon is because he's jerking off first before he streams. Oh, God. But he's just looking at the PS4 home screen. What's he looking at? I mean, he's obviously got that on a different oh, monitor. Oh, no. Yeah, he's got, oh, like, no. a TV. He's, he, he plays on TV, so he's got his TV or monitor or whatever there. Oh, no. Oh, the no. funny thing oh. is, he just immediately oh. goes into the live stream. You don't even see any cleanup. Oh no! Oh, there it is. Why? Oh, there it is. Oh, that was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. What is up, everyone? And oh, no. what the fuck? Oh, the camera's out. The camera's been on the whole time, huh? I don't even know. Hello. <laughs> it's like he doesn't oh. even care. Oh my god. Oh. My oh god. Jesus. Oh. The fact that he realized it straight away, oh my god. He didn't wash his hands, he just goes right into it, man. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Maybe my. he had a sock. I don't know what his method is. I haven't asked him. But <laughs> my that, god. I'm telling you guys, like, I've, I've, I've changed your life forever. So I'm telling you, if you're ever feeling bad, if you're ever feeling down, watch one of the This Is How You Don't Play videos, and it will really cheer you up. It'll really, like... And I don't mean that in any disrespect towards him. Like, you know, I don't have any ill feelings towards him as a, as a person, although he's very mean to his audience and he's not a very nice guy. But uh, it's just what he's doing is very entertaining one way or another, even if mm. it's not the entertaining that he necessarily wants. His face, when he realized the camera's on the whole time, he kind of does a head bubble. He's like, mm-mm-mm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, yeah. Wow. Oh, that is the most embarrassing shit I've ever yep. seen in my life. Oh, you're welcome. Oh no, I feel so bad for him. That's the <laughs> that's a that's a nightmare. He just lived a nightmare. Oh, that's great. That's really that's really great. Yeah, and I got my wife into watching him too, and 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 she just says how annoying what, he which, is. Which videos? <laughs> huh? Every video. time. No, not that video. No, I did let her watch that video too because it's so uh, funny. But like I said, I mostly watch all of his This Is How You Don't. Yeah, They're not sure. his videos, so I'm supporting other YouTubers that actually take the time to, to, to insert those comments and to edit them in ways that make it uh, very, very enjoyable. Mm. And it's just, a, it's just a really, really fun way of kind of getting lost in YouTube for a couple of hours. Uh, and just watching something that's constantly funny of mm. watching him making fun of game after game saying that it's the game's fault he can't beat this or you know he's rage quitted Dark Souls he's rage quitted uh, so many games that he's played um, 
you know, he's also, he considers himself to be one of the best street fighter. He's considered himself to be a professional street fighter. Oh, player, no. But oh, he no. showed videos of him playing street fighter losing and he'll literally rage quit and disconnect and, and all this stuff. And it's, it's so, so it's just good quality entertainment. I thought it was worse. I thought you were not the game. I thought you were talking about like he literally considers himself a street fighter. Like, <laughs> like he goes like, fights. Like, I was like, oh no, I've met those people. It's the what that there's nothing that triggers me more than those people. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, oh god, oh please, no. But I, I've just I've just made a a few of your hours every now and then uh, brighten up. So. I mean, yep, yep. I kind of just feel sad at the moment now. <laughs> you feel sad. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh no. Okay. How do I segue from that? How do what do I even, what do I even go from uh, watching you guys jerk off on a webcam on the podcast? Uh, that's um, not where we thought I'm our podcast make, would go I'm just three to years make ago. My appearance as special as possible. That's all. Oh, oh yeah. yeah no, it will be remembered for yeah, sure. No, it will be remembered. It will certainly be remembered. <laughs> Battlefront 2 got a new trailer. Let's just go. Just yeah. I'm not even going to segue. Let's well, it's, it's kind of like a, a demo trailer, right? Like kind of a... Um, like a tour uh, of the game, isn't tutorial, it? Tutorial like of the of the game yeah. modes and the different stuff, yeah. Yeah, John Boyega narrates it and stuff. But great. what did you... Have you all seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What did... You, Chris, first of all, what do you think of... You mentioned the first Battlefront. And you enjoyed yeah. the game itself, but... I enjoyed the game itself. It. I did not enjoy the fact that it was very bare bones. Yeah, I agree. I hated it. As a it, huge fan of the old Star Wars have. Battlefront, like, you know, yeah. the original mm. Battlefronts back in the day, one and two. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame to see what it's kind of turned into, you know? Um, mm. Kind of like a cash grab, right? Well, this looks like the step in the right direction, right? It's a step in the right direction, but it's still missing something that is very, very important to all of us huge fans of Battlefront. Mm -hmm. That is the Galactic Conquest. Mm. Oh, so yes. Sure. There's yeah, a yes, mode yes. that in the old games was Galactic Conquest that really made you feel like, you I know, so good. you're in the Star Wars you know, universe. Mm. Uh, and they, it's not in there anymore. And now in the second game, it's not in there as well. Now they've got, finally, they've got some really cool modes like, from the very beginning of this game, you're going to be able to do space battles. Mm. But unfortunately, you're not going to be able to go from space battle to, um, like, you can't fly ground. ships yeah. and ground and, and stuff like that. There's going to be segues, you know what I mean? Like, waves, sections. Whereas before, if you remember in the Battlefield games, you could literally go from, you know, the ground, and then you could fly into space, and then you could be doing a space battle, you know, seamlessly. Well, you can't mm. do that, obviously. But there's more heroes. Uh, there's uh, a lot more heroes. There's like 14 heroes instead of, what was it, how many last time? Like six, six or something six, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of maps. I'm really excited about the single player, but I also think that the single player is going to be very small. I don't think it's going to be very long. You think? Which is what I feel. Well, it'll uh, be like any FPS sort of Battlefield sort of campaign. Yeah. It'll be like it'll be, four or five hours. To be honest, I'm not super, super excited and thrilled about playing uh, the character that we're playing as. Nothing against her, but I want to be like, I want a campaign of like, as a, I want to be a Jedi or I, I want to be, you know, a badass. Not, yeah, sure. Sure, I guess. You know, so I'm sure I mean, she's going like to be a badass. I'm sure she's going to be really cool and it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> but when it's a Battlefront game, I want to feel like 
uh, you know, Star all those yeah, Star Wars Jedi. live that moment that we've all wanted to live. Um, um, yeah, so sure. It, it looks oh, like God. it's got a lot of really, really cool things that they've added this year. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm going to be playing the crap out of it uh, starting, you know, mid-November on because that's the last big release of the year is Battlefront mm. 2. It's going to be November 3rd will be uh, Call of Duty. And then after that will be Battlefront. And then there's nothing else that's really coming out the rest of the year. Mm. Um, just so that'll be like the last thing. The Horizon Zero Dawn, I think. Yeah, there's a DLC for that. That's yeah, coming true. out. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, but the big, big, big is... release, Battlefront 2, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I am, I am also. What do you think of the trailer, James? I thought it was great. I like that they showed us everything. I think it was quite transparent in terms of, like, this is the content that's in the game. Obviously, they're, they're proud that it's more. I mean, I still think it's... I mean, it's not as much content as what was in the original Battlefront 2, but, I mean, they get... Like, it's it's a... The game has more... I don't know, I guess, quality to it. Not that the original Battlefront 2 was bad, but, like, the kind of game they're trying to make, the amount of content for the kind of game they're trying to make, I think, is, is a it's right amount. It's too much quality. Because and, sure. it's so much quality now that back in the day, yes, the game didn't look as good, but you had literally like, I mean, how many people you could play, you know, in multiplayer back oh, in the yeah, day? Oh, yeah, tons. And yeah, now they were toting about 20 versus 20, and I'm like, you're kidding mm. me, you know? A game that's over 10 years old did double that. Yeah, but at true. the same time, you're right. It's The graphics have been so ramped up, and you really feel like you're a part of this world. Mm. that you can kind of accept that it's only 2020 instead of these massive massive yeah true uh, and i think that i mean i mean they've already said like there's no season pass there's no paid i mean like obviously there'll be market transactions but they've said you know <laughs> all dlc that's coming out is like there'll be stuff at the Good. end of the year there'll be stuff next year every so often they'll be releasing free updates similar to like gta online in a sense you know they'll be bringing that out was new stuff what they did so. with, with the first battlefront it was unacceptable yeah that was pay full price for a Awful. game get 10 percent of a game and then when they release the re the other maybe 50 percent of what a game was you're paying another 150 dollars well it also they've realized how it alienated everything they did because you would get people those hardcore players that played in the beginning but then they lost interest because there was nothing else to do they did excuse me they didn't go back and play the next dlc and what that did was it made it that with the people that didn't have the dlc it or it was harder to um to play matches because you you could only play with people that were doing the DLC stuff, mm. so it made it harder to find matches, and it wasn't as easier to get into it. So, again, what they're doing with the micro DLC is how they're they're calling it, uh, mm -hmm. is a lot, hopefully, going to be a lot better implemented. And the way that they're doing the customization is going to be so much more in depth. Yeah. Um, and we've got so many new cool characters, you know, and and they're they're using the heroes in more of a, like you're going to be able to be a hero a lot more often than you ever were in the first battlefront mm. but you know you had to pick up a hero card and and you know you got that maybe once every like 10 15 matches but now you're gonna it's gonna be a lot it's based off of how well you're doing not um yeah specifically good. you know finding a card in the you know world. yeah that made no sense yeah that made zero sense yeah i'm happy like that anything you got any vehicle like it was just like some floating object i'm like okay well i guess yeah now everything's tied to how well you're doing i mean i would have <laughs> liked if they'd have taken from battlefront 2 uh the old battlefront 2 the way the uh, the world works and what they do in battlefield the way that the vehicles are part of the map and when you find a vehicle you use the vehicle like i really like that in the old battlefront games the way that you could 
um, do that. Whereas in Battlefront 1, it was with the tokens. With Battlefront 2, it's now tied to, like... It's almost kind of like a kill streak from Call of Duty, in a sense. The yeah, way that when sense, you do yeah. well, it's like... Now you can choose to spawn in, a like, an X-Wing or something. And it's like... Uh, I, I mean, it's better than the first game. But still would have liked it to be more Battlefield-style, sort of, in terms of vehicles. I just honestly hope that the single player has so much variation in it that it's mm-hmm. not just I'm on the ground. Like I want oh, I think it will, space yeah. battles. I want she's a pilot. I want to see her pilot things. I want I want that I want to go from space to ground. I want to feel like it's so immersive. Like cuz when I play Star Wars games, it is my childhood that that comes to the forefront, mm. you know? And I I I want that to be as good as possible cuz we care about Star Wars. We care about this stuff so much because we a lot of us grew up, you know, as kids. Not a lot of games we can say that for because a lot of the games that came out when we were kids, they were no longer really available anymore. So this is something that I'm so attached to uh, a mental state from when I was younger that I want it to be successful. You know, I care so much about the Star Wars franchise. I hope it does well. Chris, what do you think of of The Last Jedi and now J.J. Abrams is going to take up also Episode Nine for this new trilogy? I'm thrilled. I uh, You thrilled? A lot of people, you know, said that 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 The Force Awakens was pretty much just a new hope for today's modern society, which in a way it does have a, a lot of similarities, but when you have Star Wars, it's just being in that world for me. Like I don't need to be you don't need to revolutionize me for Star Wars. Like, right? I'm very hardcore when it comes to Star Wars. I don't need to be like, oh my god, I've never seen that in Star Wars before. No, I want to. I want the space battles. I want the story. I want the 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 building of a of a new Jedi. You know, because at the end of six, spoiler alert, you know, you finally uh, defeated um, the Empire, and then I was expecting something to happen right after that but no they went 30 years ahead and all, everything is so different than what i thought it was going to be it's like there is no more jedi again we just in four five and six there was no jedi but here we are again in seven eight nine and there's no jedi so it's like why did they go that route but at the same time i thought jj did a great job and i'm really excited to see how he's gonna what is he he started it and he's gonna bookend it so i've, I've got good hopes for it yeah, I think so too. I mean, people, like you said, people thought it was a new hope, but I'm like, what's wrong with making Star Wars Star Wars? Especially that's what The Force exactly. Awakens was exactly what it had to be. It's exactly what it had to be. It's exactly what it needed to be, is to please old Star Wars fans, bring new Star Wars fans in, and set up great, which I thought all the new characters were fantastic. Yep. And I thought all the old characters, I think Harrison Ford killed it, was the star of that movie. Yeah. Um, it was a shame man. when he died, uh, uh, his hair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, right. he had to, was... he, no, no, he's just, he's getting really old and he had to dye his hair from gray from... back to black a little bit, you know. Mm. A little bit of red. Um, yeah. A little bit of red, too. Yeah. A little bit of red. <laughs> That's a new meme. Um, <laughs> so, but with, I think, having The Last Jedi be where it is, I think, you know, I, people are worried JJ's going to make episode nine, or is this going to be the sort of Return of the Jedi game? Like, yeah. Just because The Force Awakens was what it was, it had to be that. doesn't mean that's what he's going to do. He's, he knows how to make movies. Yeah. You know, J.J. is a phenomenal filmmaker, and he knows these characters. He had an idea of where these characters would go, and now he gets to finish off what he started. 
And, exactly. and he loves the script for The Last Jedi. Because once he's talked about... And I, the, that's the thing. When the episode 9 director fell through, I knew J.J. was going to do it. Because J.J. said when he came under The Force Awakens, they asked him to do the whole trilogy, and he said no. He's like, can't do it. But then he finished Force Awakens, read the script for The Last Jedi, and he said, damn, I wish I'd said yes to directing. Because this script is amazing. Mm. So and I think it's as... going to be really interesting. I'm, I, my honest opinion of what number eight is going to be is I'm kind of cut in between this whole thing with Luke, you know, like, because they've said that he's kind of going to train Ray, but not. And so I've, I'm so intrigued because they're, they're telling everyone that this is not going to be what you're expecting. And that intrigues me even more, you know, cause we're expecting mm. it to be like the empire strike back and where you're going to get, you know, the new Yoda Luke is teaching Ray, you know, um, but because of the character of Kylo Ren and how his whiny bitch ass is so different than any other character in Star Wars, I love it. I mean, you had whiny bitch ass Jar Jar, and then you had whiny bitch ass Kylo Ren. But I like whiny bitch ass Kylo Ren. It's perfect. I mean, it, it, hmm. It's perfect. I feel like a kid that is scorned between Darth Vader, his father being Han Solo, his mother being a Jedi. You know, I felt like that's exactly what could happen to, you know, a messed up boy, you know? Yeah, well, it's easy to yeah, be torn between, but I also think there's more to it. It's not as simple as he's gone to the dark side. I feel like there's a reason to it. Like, you know, th I mean, this gets in a lot of the deep sort of <clears throat> visions and stuff of, and, and theories of these new movies of when you look into Ray's vision and that it won those are all events that... Ray was a part of it, some sort of age, people are saying, or at least the light tape was out, and like people are saying, like, Kylo saved Ray if you look into this part, or something like that, you know? So, or maybe saved Luke, depending on how you look at it, because there's like the lightsaber theory, which is one where everything's about the lightsaber. Like, that whole vision was, you know, everything you saw was the lightsaber was there, mm -hmm. or yeah. something like that, which is one way to look at it, but then it doesn't make sense that Ray's a kid unless it's like Luke dropping her off or someone with the lightsaber dropping her off or it's Ray was at all these events at some point, but then that doesn't make sense because they're at Cloud City in the vision. Like it's, it's, it's weird. It's interesting. There's so much to kind of. Well, analyze. the other thing is because there's so much time periods between four five and six and then seven that I've able to, I've been able to separate them in my mind. So I've got four five and six. And to me, if I need, to block out seven, eight, nine, I can do it. And I can make my own ending for that. And I enjoyed, I was one that enjoyed the prequel trilogy um, in certain ways, in certain ways I didn't, but uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, cause I'm just a Star Wars fan. I just want to see, I want to, I don't go to a Star Wars movie to be um, tech. Te I don't know how to say this to be, emotionally technically blown away i go to a star wars movie because it, it to me it is the quintessential popcorn um space opera you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's just like yeah i go for a specific reason and it's okay if you go a completely different route or do something you know it's not going to ruin star wars for me this is like one of those series that to me will just always be able to keep going and I'm actually more excited about the upcoming uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie than I am about any of the main 
trilogy because I've I've had my I've had my main trilogy already. That's fine. I like these side stories. Rogue One I thought was amazing. It let me get deeper into the the Death Star plans and it fit perfectly because I always wondered what the heck led up to that specific moment? And now we get to see it. And now you've got the Obi-Wan movie. And I've always like, oh my God, there's so much stories they could tell with Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine getting into some some amazing adventures. And that he is like one of the best characters in Star Wars is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that they're finally going to be making a movie about just him and, and, let, and let us go on, on his adventures. And they better have freaking Ewan McGregor Oh yeah, for sure. They have to. I will. I mean, I'm gonna write because he, him, and Alec Guinness, they are Obi Wan Kenobi. Nobody else. If they don't do it with you and McGregor, then they're screwing themselves up. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they. Have I think to they're smart that. enough. They're smart they know. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they know. know. And Ewan has said multiple times that he wants to come back and do it. Yeah, there's do. no reason. And he's why the perfect they age now. He's the perfect age now. Perfect age, exactly. Mm. That's my whole point. Like. He's literally now in his mid-40s, almost 50, and that is the perfect age to go between, uh, you know, that 20-year period. You know, you've got so much stories that you can tell in there, and he, exactly, he's at that perfect age. This is his time, and they better capitalize and take advantage of it. I don't care for a Boba Fett movie. I love Boba Fett, but the mystery of Boba Fett is more important to me than knowing everything, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I agree. Um, Han Solo, I didn't need a Han Solo movie. I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to love it because it's Han Solo. I love Han Solo. But, again, that mystery of Han Solo really made me love him a lot more. And mm -hmm. now I'm going to get to see all of his past and stuff, and we're finally going to get to see him run, you know, uh, you know, the course in 12 parsecs and all that great stuff. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's such a great time to be a Star Wars fan, just period. Yeah, it is. That's true. Oh, well, you know, what's funny is I'm sitting here on Skype and I'm looking at the chat and I just keep staring at Phil. And his oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I keep glancing over. Uh... I kept thinking because it's it happens a lot as well, because we're almost coming to the full three hours, you know, that we've been going for this podcast. I didn't think and I, I find... was going to last all three hours, but wow. That's, it it's, it's just the Kill Connor Club. It, it, it grabs you by the balls <laughs> and it yeah. keeps you around. Now, you guys are great. I mean, thanks for, you know, obviously in, inviting me out to this. And I love doing things like this uh, where I just get to talk to other fans and other fans of games and stuff like that and just people. Because some people think that when you become on YouTube and then you get a lot of subscribers and then, uh, you know, you get people saying, oh, my God, I'm a huge fan. And then I ask, why are you a huge fan? And God, I'm just like you. I'm a fan of you. You know, we're, you know, we're the same people. We love games. There's nothing special about me. I'm not a celebrity in any way whatsoever. I'm just a guy who loves to play video games. That's all we are. And I can't stand, I've met so many YouTubers out there that at different events that sit there and will say, I don't give a shit about my audience. I don't care any about that. I just care about making money. And, I, and it pisses me off that those guys get so big because they don't give a crap. And I, I just I can't be that person. I can't mm -hmm. be that guy that that doesn't care about every single person that watches my videos, or the community that we've created, or the the love of gaming that just the hardcore gamers have. And you guys, I can definitely tell, you guys are gamers. You care more about that than you care about anything else. And that's exactly what you need to do, because if you let that 
show more than anything else, then the fans are just going to keep coming in. They're just going to keep coming in. You're going to, I've learned, I've talked to people in so many different countries. I mean, you know, in the army, I get to do that. And then in, uh, you know, on my channel, I get to do that. It's like, oh, it's so perfect. Uh, I, I, lo I love it every single day. Mm, I agree. One of the biggest things that's come out of this podcast and uh, a bunch of us doing YouTube is the community we've built from it and the audience that gets to be part of that community. And we're all just sort of, you know, good friends. It's, it's, it is a really good time. Yep. I was talking to my, I was on the phone to my mother um, last night and she was talking about James. She just calls James Richard the horse though. She never calls him James. <laughs> she was like, um, she's like Richard um, the horse. And I'm like, James, she's like, yeah, no, I'm not calling him James. And I'm like, okay. Um, What's the Richard the horse from? Because I see that on your Twitter. But yeah, it's um. So okay, so what happened was uh, back in 2014, I did this let's play of Assassin's Creed 2, and there was one point I think, what did I? I, I think I was making fun of like uh, Lil Wayne lyrics because one of his rhymes is like, I'm so rich, they call me Richard. So I said that, and it was just like a passing comment, and then everyone started calling me Richard. Then in another video. I made this joke about, like, becoming a horse or something, and so then uh, Victor, who's now a good friend of mine, um, Cryomaniac, said, call me Richard the Horse, and I was like, I'm making that a thing. And it's just stuck for, like, the past three years. And so and now that's your that's your Twitter handle. Yeah, right? I just I just go by that. So many people know it. There's a lot of people that are a little bit confused because it's, it's an old joke, but I love it. It's great. It's a, it's a classic. Yeah, it's but, always fun to have that kind of story to, to be able to, you know, to have. It was like that. James and I have been doing this podcast together for over three years now, you know? He's James, yes, one of my closest yes, friends. We talk to each other you do it every, know, almost like, every day. We do it every two weeks on YouTube, and we have a Patreon-exclusive podcast okay. we do every every other week that it's not on. That's like a, just a, a people's one. We always do, we just get patrons on. It's really yeah. great for us to just talk to like the people that listen to the us. People and, that, exactly. And that support you the, the, the most. Exactly. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. it's really good. And we have, you know, you have great people on there that, that, you know, and great feedback from that. So that's like our fun little thing that we do extra. So, you know, James and I are doing podcasts every single week, you know, and I've talked to so many people, but James and I have never met in person yet. Mm. Right, so like, yes. which is crazy to think about. So when I was on the phone to my mother last night, she's like, "Wouldn't it be that'd be crazy when you you've got to meet him?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, like it'll be great, but I'm like, I feel like it'll be exactly the same." You know, I think I mean? you two are gonna hit it off. I see a relationship brewing in the future. I mean, I just, <laughs> you two I mean, just you sparkle. You just I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're definitely gonna fuck. So you know, no big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not debating that. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. I mean, that that yeah, doesn't need to be said. Of course. No, but see, that's what's great about the internet is you're able to, to, like, you know, not meet people, but still get to know people and really form a connection with the, with them, even though you've never met them, you know? That's yeah. true, yeah. That's exactly. weird, to, weird to think, like, that I've never met James, like, but I, I, I know him so well. Yeah, it's strange. It, it is strange. Well, and I understand, Tyler, your attraction to him because, I mean, if he's got a nickname like Richard the Horse, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I assume he has a horse stick. I assume you know? he has a horse stick. You, you'd be assuming right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crazy. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't discriminate. Like, I'm, I've got a positive attitude, and I'm down for whatever. James knows that. So I'm exactly. like, well, that's, he's got a horse. Yeah, that's why we worked well together. <laughs> okay. Just your love of video games and my love of horse dick. So there we <laughs> wow. are. Just, yeah. Just laying it out there. Yeah. Oh, this is could, the, yeah. Um, I'll trust me. I like in, a man the, that gets straight to the point. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know how to do that. We know how to dick it down, like, real fast. We've got a couple, <laughs> couple of one-two dick times over on this podcast. Mm, Yoda likes horses. <laughs> This is going I mean, to hey, hey, Kermit likes Kermit likes horses too. I mean, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love horses. This, this is going to another level. We always another do. Level. We always do go to another level. What? See, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Richard the horse. <laughs> <laughs> is going on this has just gone to you know like some deep deep levels this is what happens this is almost a standard chris when we get to almost the, like the what we call the full three is that the podcast just starts to deteriorate into nonsense but it's, it's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite parts. Nice and deep black. this is one of the this is this is one of the best bits we always used to make the ending when we got near the full three the hashtag ethan joins section which was uh, oh, someone in the community that game. that became uh, one of our close friends, uh, and that was it. That was a segment, but it's not. It's not anymore because it does, it wouldn't really make sense. But that that was one of those sort of uh, shit talking, shit talking segments, which was always a good time. Mm. Huh. No, I, no, I love just being able to, to. I don't. I don't get to do this enough. I try to do this with you know, my discord every now and then when I, when I get a chance to, but being full-time YouTube takes up so much of my time. Mm. And I mean, I, I'm, even though I'm at this computer every single second, uh, if I'm not working for the army, um, I'm just constantly moving and doing stuff. And, and, and especially now, like starting now until the end of the year, like my plate is like completely full. I mean, every game that's coming out every, there's just so yeah, much to crazy. do. And, and it's unfortunate because I miss the days of when I could sit on my couch, you know, in my underwear with my hand down my pants and just playing the game and just enjoying it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just enjoying it, you know, yeah, uh, I don't get those, to do that yeah. anymore. Like, unfortunately, even though I love playing video games, obviously you see my passion mm-hmm. for Assassin's Creed and other games. I love it still. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But I have to also, not only when I look, when I'm playing a video game, I have to think about is the recording, you know, doing well. How's the quality? Is my voice being heard correctly? I have worry about all this other stuff. Is my stuff. camera turned on before I stream? Like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's something that somebody should have worried about. But it, it's like I, I worry about all this other stuff now instead of just focusing on the game. So I've kind of lost touch with how it is to just be a gamer, you know? Mm. And so what I do is when I play rock band, cause I've got my drum set behind me, my V drum set that I practice on all the time. So when I, anytime that I want to escape, you know, video games in general, or just, uh, the, the editing process, the recording process and all that, I'll sit back and I'll just play drums and I'll just like, kind of just forget about everything and just, just mm. relax. And, and I'll feel like at that moment, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm normal again. I'm just a guy who doesn't worry about anything and just, is just playing for fun as opposed to always trying to worry about, oh, I got to get this video out as quickly as possible because obviously the quicker you get a video out, the more views you're going to get and all this kind of stuff. And now it's just all turned into views, views, views. It's all about views. Uh, And it just, it it sucks the life out of you, man. So, you know, my, my advice for you guys is don't, you know, the audience that you build, build it from, Build it from being yourselves. Don't incorporate the strategies that a lot of YouTubers use into 
breaking embargoes or uh, you know, trying to get things out there as quickly as possible. It's like make sure the stuff that you put out has as much of you and your thought process into it. Like if a, if a trailer comes out or a video comes out, take the time, study that video or something like that instead of just putting it up there and, and, and hoping for views because it sucks the life out of you when you mm. sit there and you just think about it all the time. And it really um, – I love YouTube and I, I love what it does, but it's just – it can be very, very stressful sometimes. And I'm sure some of you guys have felt that as well. Uh, it's just worrying about this stuff all the time just completely sucks. I just want to sit back and relax. I've never – I haven't had a, a day off. I never take a day off ever. I'm always in this room. My wife's down there, you know, uh, I try to make time at the end of the night and, uh, you know, have a couple of hours where we can watch a movie together or something like that. But I'm in this room, you know, from the moment I wake up until I go to bed and it sucks the life out of you. So I'm just trying to do what I can in my little small area, my little small portion of YouTube and, uh, try to meet as many people and get to know as many people as I can before the end of the world, which is coming very, very soon. And very it's soon. a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> was, um, what was it like for you to make a transition from going, you know, uh, uh, full time in the military to going, okay, no, I can do this. I feel YouTube. like I'm wasting my life. Like right now, I feel like I'm wasting my life. I love what I do, but I feel like I'm wasting my life. I, when I was, when I was full-time active for 15 years straight, all my adulthood, 15 years, every single day, waking up at 5:30, 6 o'clock, going PT, then, you know, doing <clears throat> army stuff and then music and then all that stuff. I felt like, okay, my life has a purpose. Uh, I'm doing something. I'm creating a, uh, a foundation for later. Um, then this YouTube thing started. I was balancing both trying to at least. And then, uh, I couldn't go to a certain events because the army wouldn't let me go or because, you know, I couldn't get leave and, you know, it's such a hard process. Uh, and I was like, you know what? It's not many times that people get to, you know, try to live a dream. And this is my dream. I'm doing my dream right now, but sometimes dreams are dreams because they should only be dreams and they should never be reality because sometimes once they become reality, the dream is gone. Right. And then you realize that, live in the moment and not don't care so much about every little minute detail. I, it's just, I wake up all the time and I think, Oh my God, you know, all my friends, you know, they're, they've already been doing stuff for three hours and here I am just waking up, you know, and, and I haven't done anything yet or something or, you know, because I worked late, late that night and I didn't wake up until like 11 or something, but I miss it. So I what's your next step that early? My, what do you mean? What it, well, you're saying you, you miss it. Do you feel like you're going to get back full-time with the army? Are you going to do something else? Or do you want to keep doing YouTube full-time? Like what's your next move? I want, your I want to keep doing YouTube full-time because the satisfaction that I get when I read the comments, that, that is what keeps my motivation going. When I, I'll go through the, the list of comments. I'll get hundreds of comments every, every single day, and I'll go through the list of it, and I'll try to answer the things that are relevant that I feel like need can be answered. Like some people just say stupid things. I'm not going to answer them. But uh, – I try to answer what I can. When people ask questions, I get all kinds of emails from developers or from, from other companies, and I'm just kind of all over the place. But I love it because it's like this world, man, it's going to shit. So if there's anything that I want to do, this is it right now. Even if, even if I complain sometimes, even if I get you know upset at things, even if YouTube's demonetization is sucking major 
uh, Richard Horsedick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, fantastic I, reference. Yeah, yeah, I try. Uh, it's just uh, I love what I do, you know, and that's why I've, you know, that's why we have patr- patrons, you know, to help us be able to continue to do these kinds of things, and uh, and all the people that I have on my patrons, I, I thank them all the time, and I, I mean, without them, it would be so hard just because. I mean, I dropped mon- demonetization. I mean, I dropped at least 50% of what I was making, you know, this year, whenever that stuff hit. Mm. And that was a big hit because I already dropped, you know, five, six grand a month just based off of going from active to not active in the military. So, I mean, that's like a double hit that I've taken. So the moment my dream becomes alive, it gets shattered. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. moment I finally start to live my dream – and things are going well for like one or two months, and then this YouTube thing hit. Um, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like mm. everything just went downhill all of a sudden. But you live with the decisions you make because they help you to make decisions that you make in the future. So I always like to quote uh, Batman Begins. <clears throat> you know, why do we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves back up again? So. As many times as I fall, as many times as YouTube goes down, I, I'll keep pushing myself and I'll keep, you know, doing what I got to do. If I got to get a part-time job doing something else, I mean, I'll, I'll keep doing it just to make sure that I can continue to keep this channel alive for as long as um, America is uh, not bombarded with nuclear bombs. This got deep. This got real deep. <laughs> like, I'm we deep inside ads. you right now. Have, Brian, okay. I'm inside you. I'm inside you, Brian. <laughs> Okay. We well, haven't had a deep the... kill Connor Club moment in a while. That's normally Tyler and women shares those. Yeah. Well, no, but I, all I got to say is, guys, man, if you have a dream, you know, try to go for it. And even if you fail at it, know that you you went for something. You took a chance at a high school dance <laughs> with a Missy who was ready to play. Your references are fucking on point. I love it. You're good at that. <laughs> I've watched way too many movies. I'm, I know every music thing you could ever think about. So <laughs> I just, you know, I can do references all day long, you know. All night long. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, man, that's great. I mean, you, you're definitely right, man. Like, it's all about whether, whether you achieve something or not. Is, is the going for it's the, the key to anything. Mm-hmm. If, if you, as long as you're giving it a shot... Um, I'd rather wake That's... up knowing I tried to accomplish something than wake up knowing that uh, I was too afraid. Mm. I've talked about this on the on the podcast a bunch of times. Is um, Conor McGregor's coach's catchphrase? His books are titled this. It's win or learn. You know, you either win um, or you learn. You can't lose if you're out there doing something. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Even though he he, he did lose, which is sad. Well, I mean, he made $150 million. I don't think he lost. I know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what did but he we lose all wanted it? him to win, that stupid, was for sure. A stupid game. <laughs> a stu- he lost in a stupid game, but he won in life, and that's what really matters. Well, he, he for one thing that he did is that he put the sport further up on the map. He, put, he did MMA further. Thank, thank you to him. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing that you have to take from it. And as much shit talk as both of them do – the the afterness, the love and respect that they've shown each other afterwards goes shows you that sometimes competition, you know, you know, that kind of thing it, it fuels people, but the true meaning behind it is clear afterwards. You know, that oh, exactly. the intentions are always true, you show your true colors afterwards, right? Honorable, you know, respect. You know, if you lose, hey, 
you know, just like he did. I watched his whole interview after the fight, and he was just talking about, you know what? He came out, and he, you know, I just I couldn't handle him. He, his, his stamina and all that stuff, his endurance, you know, he was doing amazing things, and he, he just – I lost, you know. And, and, and having that type of, of humbleness is something that DSP does not have. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that is why Conor McGregor is, is awesome. He is awesome. That's All right. True. Well, we've hit, uh, we've hit the aliens. Colonial Marine sucks. <laughs> <laughs> except everything is awesome except that. Um, yeah. So we've hit hit the full three. So Chris, I want to thank you. Thank you, man, for coming on. Thank um, you, gentlemen. You're awesome, yeah, dude. Definitely want to get you on again. Yeah, Whenever sure. you'd just, like. Just let me. Just let me know, and I'll always try to. Uh, uh, I'll definitely watch this full podcast as well. I don't know. What do you guys usually do? Do you like put video behind it or something? Uh, just an image. Just a little. Kill Connor Club logo, and then it'll also okay. go up on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. And then you put it on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, YouTube is usually the main where we get most of the views because we do them. You know, usually not always. Probably like fifty percent of the time we do them live. Um, and I will, I will, I'll YouTube. get uh, when you post the video. I will uh, retweet it on my uh, on my Twitter, on my tweeter, and uh, I will. I'll let everybody know to come over and check it out, and hopefully that'll give you guys a little bit more uh, exposure as well. That'd be great. Fantastic, mate. Thanks, Love man. it. Love it. Well, thank you, Chris, right. so much for, for joining thank us. You guys. James. Um, James, do you want to go through the Patreon? Patreons. Okay. If stuff. you enjoyed the podcast, everybody, then I would recommend heading over to patreon.com forward slash as always, where you can get exclusive podcasts as well as other content every week the uh, Kill Connor Club isn't on. Uh, and some of you fantastic patrons are Sexy Ben... Man. Exactly. Uh, ben Ormodorox, uh, Victor Moreno, uh, Kizak, Josh Devellier, Ian Orzino, Rio, Damien, Mario5380, Lumistrad, Longed Fox, George, Yazen, <coughs> uh, Joshua Mora, Gene, Marcus, Blackburn, The Humble Worm, Nimbus, Seth, Tom Cunningham, Oscar, Ravj, Zach Neely, Son of a Bitch, Oji Adogo, Tyler Tranter, Brendan, or BQF Lord, and Pink Flame. 313. Thank you very much, you sweet vintage lads, for all of your lovely support. And that's it. That's it for the podcast. So we'll see you all next time. We'll see you in a week for Clubhouse, and in two weeks for the next episode of Kill Connor Club. So, thanks for joining us, Chris, again. Thank you guys for having me. Stay safe, and uh, remember, every single day you go out there and you wake up, do something good for somebody. Pay it forward. Wake up with a smile, live life, and have fun. That's a way more positive message than I think we've ever given. What inspired yeah, words. crazy. And uh, Colonial Marine sucks. <laughs> of Colonial course. Marine sucks. Well, All right, sweet. And thank you for your service, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and we'll see everyone next time. Goodbye. Peace. Bye. Peace out. No, no, Peter. Perfect. Well, no, Perfect. Double, double piece. Okay. <laughs>